Wow, what a weird place! Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Star Wars saga began. And Kenner continues the excitement. Star Wars figures. The Empire Strikes Back turns to the Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive podcast. It's... The Kivecast! Newest news on the oldest toys, from bubble bath to belt buckles, from 12 packs to 2 packs. New boss, alien bounty hunter. From the, from the, from the, from the, from the Star Wars collection. Watch out, watch We bring the world of vintage Star Wars memorabilia alive! With informative features and personal collecting stories. Offer expires December 31st, 1979. No, no, no. An R2D2 with Memphis The Supreme Master, the Emperor. Brought to you by the Star Wars Collector's Archive. The SWCA.com. With your hosts, Sky Payne. Steven Chewbacca. 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 And Steven B. Deadly. On this month's Vintage Pod, Sky and Steve discuss two different kinds of a snaggletooth known as Tugel, who may or may not be the Incredible Hulk. Tons of Celebration 6 news, like about the five exclusives that are part of the official Star Wars Collector's Archive party. We share some vintage YouTube clips featuring some awesome mustaches, sketchy Jawas, and the Dark Prince of Lies. In our vocab section, we talk about the dented boot, Later, we unveil the Kivecast Vintage Pod Supply and Price Scale. Sky details the not-for-sale Francis trade. And much, much more on this month's Kivecast Vintage Pod. Wampa Wampa, Space Freaks! Welcome to the Kivecast for May 2012. That's right, this is the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast, the Kivecast Vintage Pod. Uh, you can email us at kivecast at gmail.com or call us at P-O-K-U-T Wampa. How, how you doing, Steve? I'm, I'm doing all right, man. How are you? Man, I, we, we like got this estimate for how much it would cost to clear out all these woods in our backyard. Uh, <laughs> I know you don't know what backyards are in California, but... Uh, it's rare, I, yeah. I, out here we have them, and uh, I could just think of it in terms of like prices. So I was like, ooh, boy, that's like a good two chromalins for you to do all <laughs> So I'm like, you know what, forget that. I'm just going to do all the work myself. Uh, oh, so you're going Paul Bunyan out there? Yeah, it's pretty bad. Like, I, I've got I've got the back of an uh, of like a sixty year old. So I'm, <laughs> I if I were not recording this, I would probably be uh, knocked out with some kind of muscle relaxant in bed. So, uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm a pro, Steve. Nothing's going to hold me back. No, no. <laughs> so you know, Steve, I was thinking about the the movie thought of the month, and you know, I was rewatching the Cantina scene, and okay, uh, I was going to talk about how how awesome Chewbacca seems when you first see him talking to Obi-Wan. Uh, I was going to talk about how, how Obi-Wan then calls him Chewbacca. And yes. I, I was wondering yeah. if, if there's like some accent problem. I mean, I think that's got to be it, right? Because it's not like Chewbacca can say the word Chewbacca, right? No, no, no. He's not like, je m'appelle Chewbacca. He's just like, the whole time. Uh, I was going to talk about how confusing it must have been to be in the cantina and see the see the bartender go no blasters no blasters and then the next thing they see is the guy who has a blaster out have his arm cut off yeah. uh, he'd be like wow they take this policy really seriously very very seriously <laughs> i mean i know the jedis have fallen on hard times but uh being Come enforcers on. at this second rate bar but steve <laughs> i'm not going to mention any of that no no uh for all you rhetoric fans out there that's called preterition um, no, what I want to talk about is the fact that we're going to be talking about what figure today, Steve? Snaggletooth. 
which, by the way, we mixed up Snaggletooth and Walrus Man. In the release order? Yeah. Oh, man. Just don't tell the listeners, okay? Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so we're talking about Snaggletooth, and uh, I would like to make a new declaration, Steve. Let's hear it. Snaggletooth is not a Star Wars figure. Ooh. Snaggletooth is a Star Wars holiday special figure. I see where you're going with this. Now, in rewatching the cantina scene, he's not there, Steve. Right? No, no. No, I think uh, if you, you really have to look close. I think the only time you might see him is uh, you see his little face sitting next to Han and Chewie's table for like a brief second. Right, but, but I, I mean, compared to Devil Dude... Oh, no, no. ...or the dude with the funky beret... Yeah. Uh, I mean, he is really not there. But if you He's watch... <laughs> if you watch Akmina's cantina scene, first of all, we should have mentioned it during the during the Walrus Man episode, because I don't know if you've ever noticed this. You see Walrus Man doing the funky chicken. Um, <laughs> I think we could come up with a meme for that, because he's sitting there, he's doing this dance on the dance floor to the, to the song. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, of course, where the original photo art was taken from right uh you know the the figures were released in what 78 right? uh, or even 79 79 yeah the yeah. second wave of figures came out in 79 so right. if you put the holiday special uh, you know it was much more recent than than the movies so yeah that's my argument that it's in fact the only real holiday special figure Yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of good grounding with that. And um, just kind of looking into this episode, I was kind of going back to some old discussions about blue Snaggletooth versus red Snaggletooth. And there's right. some great talk about how really, like, Snaggletooth as released is or could be, uh, you know, a holiday special figure, which is just hilarious to me. Right. But, um, and the other cool thing about that holiday special is B. Arthur... First of all, doesn't get her credit. I mean, it's funny that she's in it. We're like, oh, Golden Girls. But she is by far the best actor in that movie. I mean, <laughs> Wookiees aside, because I, I, right, I, do, right. I do think that it, she does a good job. Yeah, that, um, that does deserve a, a special Oscar for that. that <laughs> you know, it's weird. There's no Emmy for best Wookiee. Uh, ah, true. But uh, we hit the news? Yeah, let's do it. Watch out! It's Kenner's news. It's Kenner's news. <laughs> Oh man, Steve, I need a back me. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a professional. So, uh, let's see, Steve. How, how should we start? Should we start talking a little bit about... Uh, we usually like to talk about, about the figures starting off. Do, do you have any, any great feelings about Snaggletooth? <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd say great feeling or not, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't even know where, I mean, why I came up I, with that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Just That sounds Star Warsy, I guess. But... Right. Uh, um, now, I think uh, when it comes to these cantina aliens, I always try and look and find something that I just had no idea about before. And uh, one of the funniest things that I found in one of these old discussions was that, uh, according to an old entry on StarWars.com, the original name for the Snaggletooth character that was actually on set for Star Wars was Tugel. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just, I don't know, I just love that for whatever reason. So um, that's, it's actually, it's Tugel. So yeah, it's T-O-O-G-G-L-E. Exactly, yeah. So <laughs> Now, that is some obscure Star Wars trivia. Yeah. You, know, you can yeah. be like, what was Snaggletooth's free, you know, first name? And people will be like, well, that was a Snivia named Doug Moore Tequil. 
but no one's gonna get Toodle. No, no. So that's why I'm I'm gonna go with that from now on. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I have to say, Steve, I don't like the Snaggletooth figure. I, you know, I, I, I'm not gonna say that it's a, a favorite of mine either, which, which is kind of sad. I mean, he it is sad. one of those things that, I mean, he, he, he gets such notoriety because of having the, the blue version of him. And I, I think uh, I'd like him more without that, that drama. That, I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Like it's, it always makes it. You know, they've never made a carded version of that. And right, right. out of all the aliens, he's the least interesting. But I have to say, Steve, that you coming up with this Tugel thing at least keeps us consistent with our, our theme of, of existential angst. And, yes, and that's the yeah. aspect that I like about the figure, that yeah. this whole idea that he was once – and I don't know what the, what the odds are, Steve, that a listener to this show would not know the story behind the blue snaggletooth. But we, <laughs> we might as well tell it. So uh, Kenner was not uh, really hip on what was going on and all they got was just pictures from, from Lucasfilm. And the right. picture they sent was in black and white, and it was a profile mm-hmm. shot. And so they just said, oh, okay, great. So he must be a six-foot-tall alien, and I <laughs> guess that's blue, and we'll keep moving on. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's just funny. Um, there was this quote from Steve Hodges, who was a, a Kenner guy back at the time. And um, I guess we will get into this more with the Nugget, but uh, it's it's just funny to me that so much trouble went into Snaggletooth, whereas – you know, Green Greedo and and Walrus Man and, and Hammerhead, we were featured so much more prominently. They just kinda they just kinda stayed with the funky with those. But with this one they really try to get it right. And right. I think it, it ties into that whole holiday special thing too. I mean I, I think it's dead it, on. Because, I mean I, I mean even as a kid I remember looking at the at the Walrus Man. I mean looking at the uh at the hammerhead and thinking that's not he's not this colorful in real life. Yeah, I never yeah. saw the Snaggletooth, and I, no one did yeah. unless they watched yeah, exactly. the holiday special. Nobody <laughs> saw the Snaggletooth. Yep, yep. Every other Cantina alien they saw except for Snaggletooth. Exactly. Yeah. So it was just. Uh, I mean, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna give them some love in this episode, though. That, that's what the Kivecast is all about. We are. No, I know. I just, I just want to put that out there that uh, he's, he's not actually. <laughs> it's because of that whole. The, of of the duality of of the tall and the short. I just for some reason yeah, I, I yeah. never quite, I never quite got that close to him. But who knows? This could be like a, the Death Squad commander, where by the end of the episode, I, I wind up loving. Yeah. Uh, you see, it might or it might not, because uh, the, the thing I was thinking about, and I, <laughs> I know you're not, you're a little, you're a little bitter about the whole Avengers thing going on here. Oh, we, we need to get some some spotlight in for us. But the way I was <laughs> thinking about Snaggletooth, and this this really has nothing to do with. Seeing the Avengers, this is before that. Okay, but uh, I always thought of him as kind of like a revol- reverse Hulk, where the tall, blue, docile, <laughs> he's the nice Snaggletooth, and okay. when he gets really pissed off, he shrinks, turns red, and you know he busts out of his boots, and he's got hairy, uh, hairy, hairy feet or whatever. But uh, I can I don't see know that. that. Yeah, because like when he's tall, he looks kind of like mellow and chill, and then when he, he looks gets very small, mellow and chill. Like, yeah, he turns into like I don't know, Steve, if you've done a lot of like mosh pit dancing. I know it's <laughs> not you know, a lot. You're no. kind of born at the end of that whole thing, but like <laughs> there would be like there's often like this thing in the mosh pit of like these like really short dudes dancing really aggressively, like throwing See, I, their I could, arms. I can pull that off now as hard as they possibly. No, I mean yeah. I mean like like cartoonishly <laughs> short dudes, you know, okay. and just like just really angry with their shaved heads and just whipping their fists around like crazy, you know, almost like 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 a cartoon to be honest. And yeah, I, yeah. I could see that, Steve. I, I like that. Um, yeah, I guess we, we may want to mention it, Steve, just because <laughs> – so 
<laughs> As everybody knows who listens, I'm very sensitive about how the Kivecast is 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 received and how many people very, listen to it. Very, very. What do you mean, very, very? Okay, um. yeah. <laughs> oh, Steve doesn't love me. Sorry, so. all right. Take it easy. But uh, and so part of this frustration came about because you know last month I I posted and some months there's a lot of comments on it and some months they're not and just I thought this was the first enhanced episode I thought everyone was going to go crazy over it and. It, Got a little bit of response, but not too much. But then there was this thread about the Avengers, and this was like a 10-page mega love fest, <laughs> which I only made worse because I responded to that thread. Oh, yeah. Attacking right. Samuel Jackson and saying that the movie was overrated and it'll be remembered as fondly as Superman 2, uh, <laughs> which are all points I stand by. Uh, but anyway. So I'm, fair. I, I, it's fair. I, I totally <laughs> fed the flames uh, uh, that, that, was that, awesome. I, that I indeed started. So – Yes, but maybe, Steve, if some enterprising space freak out there wants to make some kind of, you know, Avengers poster with Cantina Aliens, <laughs> that, that could be good. You know, <laughs> I could see, you know, I, I could see that working out. That could be fun. Well, I, I like that idea. That's good. You know, just to bridge them together because, Steve, I like talking about movies too. Okay. Uh, All even, right. even if I'm a jerk about it most of the time. <laughs> Oh, Steve. Well, one thing I liked – one thing should be mentioned is that uh, uh, the, the the driver on this mission is a pro, and that's one Stephen B. Danley. Uh, while I was out digging up stumps, he basically prepared this whole episode. And I, I'm usually the guy who sets up the, the outline, and then he, Steve often does a lot of the content, you know, like the market watch and other stuff like that. But Steve just like whipped up this whole thing. So I, I'm excited with the way you decided to take it. And, and you I'm wanted to, you liked it. Yeah. to merge – the cantina theme into yeah. the party. So, Steve, yes. over the next couple of days, I'm going to come up with the official Kivecast Celebration 6 sound drop, which okay. you're going to hear right about now. Celebration! The celebration! Celebration! The celebration! The six! Six? My favorite number is six. Bert, nobody's favorite number is six. Steve, I, uh, I, I can tell you that drop was probably eh, pretty good. I don't, I don't think it's going to be as good as some of mine, but, you know, not, not as bad as the old Limelight one. I uh, eagerly await it. I eagerly await <laughs> it. So, Steve, uh, let's talk a little bit more about the Celebration 6 Star Wars Collector's Archive Party. Yes. Uh, so last month, we gave you the info that – in order to get into the party, you'd have to pay $5. Is that still true, Steve? Um, I believe so. That's, <laughs> yeah. Yes, Steve. <clears throat> As one of the co-organizers, I was hoping you'd know this, but yes. <laughs> yeah. So once again, this is going to be the first Thursday of Celebration 6. Uh, right. It's going to be at the Rosen Center. And it's going to be a party for the Star Wars Collector's Archive. Um, Steve will be eating C-3PO's. Which yes. uh, my wife pointed out were actually made before you were born, which is hilarious. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, of course, our Prius was made before you were born. Um, <laughs> well, but... See, the good thing is, I just got I just got my health insurance back, so I should be all right. <laughs> oh, good, oh, good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if you want to go in and just see that and and play the fun games and do all that stuff, that's going to be five dollars. And once again, I want to emphasize to everybody that's listening: uh, whatever money you pay. Every single cent is going to go to the charity of our choice. And what's the charity, Steve? Save the Manatee. That's right. Save the Manatee. I don't know why this charity did not put an S at the end. 
I, they didn't. That's a good question. Save the manatee, the... not the manatees. Not save the whales. Save the whale. Which whale? That whale. Hey, whale. Anyways, <laughs> just save the manatee, uh, the local, obviously, because it's in Florida. Right. So if you give $5, none of that's going to go back to recouping the cost. All the sponsors are saying, hey, we don't care. We're just being cool dudes. Um, but all right, I'm actually going to have to uh, step in here because Steve and I got all confused when I was recording. So the $5, that's what you call the loose figure ticket, which means you'll get into the show. You'll get to see everything. Uh, $5 will go to the Save the Manatee Foundation, and you'll be able to be a part of it. But that will be getting in without any of the five exclusives. That's right, folks. There are going to be five exclusives, and there's going to be four-tier pricing. So for five bucks, you get into the party. That's including food. Okay, we're talking mini hamburgers, mini hot dogs. Uh, there'll be a cash bar, so you want to bring a little extra cash if you want to tipple. See, that's where I really need Steve around, using words like tipple. <laughs> oh, man. All right, uh, I'll just pretend like Steve's here. Anyways, so uh, for $10, you get into the party, food included, and you get one of four mock cardbacks. And this is the power of the force, a manamanatee cardback. And uh, all the design is being done by uh, John Peck and Lobart and Chris B and Jared and Matthias. And they're all kind of getting together and they're making something awesome. We're going to preview. Uh, we'll put up a preview image of that uh, with this episode. But we're not done yet. Then for $15, you get party entry, food included, the POTF Amanda Manatee card back, a Star Wars imitation uh a manatee man card back. That's a mixture of walrus man and a manatee. And this is the most special thing, guys. A coin. That's right. It's a POTF, a mana manatee coin. And we have to really thank Tim Eckhold. Uh, he's Acme on the boards because he's actually donating all of these to the charity. And he's doing all the work himself uh, to have them made. Uh, Lobart and Matthias were mainly responsible for designing it. And Brock helped get this thing off the ground. Feel, 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 feel my heat. Feel my heat. And we're going to include a mock-up. Now, some of the designs may change a little bit depending on designing, but you'll have to see how awesome this thing is. It's just really, really awesome. So you get that with the fifty, uh, with the fifteen dollar entry, and then if you're willing to spend twenty bucks, you get both those card backs, the coin, and two other card backs. Empire Strikes Back, Imitation for Lomati, and The Return of the Jedi, Manatee Face. Now, I can't show you those yet. I can't show you all of the designs, but what we've been working on so far is just awesome. You're going to have to trust me. You're going to want to get the $20 package. Uh, from here on out, we're going to be calling the $5, the loose figure ticket, the $10, the MOC ticket, the $15, the pre-production ticket, and then the $20 ticket will be... The Holy Grail ticket. And, uh, you know, if there's anything left over, maybe we'll sell them or auction them off at the end. But I got to tell you, there's not going to be anything left over. Once you guys see these, you're going to want to get them. So uh, we'll give more uh, information about how to actually buy tickets next month. We got to figure that out with, uh, with the Save the Manatee folks. But uh, we just wanted to get your appetite whetted for the amazing party. But now back to Steve. Yeah, man, it's, it's really shaping into the... Uh, an awesome night, and uh, my my only fear is it's just gonna go by like that. So oh, it definitely will. 
But it's all right. We got as long as we document it, we'll be we'll be in good shape. It'll be good times. Yep. And also, Steve, uh, I was going to talk about this in the in, in the feedback, but I thought actually it'd make more sense to talk about this now at this okay. point. Um, and what that is is uh, the it's like I was asked a question about the room sales. And because mm-hmm. this is our official Celebration 6 update, we'll probably be starting the news with these from now on. Right. Um, I just wanted to read this from uh, Scott West, who's a, a faithful space freak. And uh, he writes to us asking the question, hello, ministers to the space freaks. I like that. Um, <laughs> can you discuss some of the protocols surrounding the room sales at Celebration? Are these for the invited only or can a novice space freak collector show up too? Do we need to know someone? I ask as someone who has a very small collection – I ha- I really only have, in terms of vintage toys, the vintage figures from my youth, but is interested in at least seeing some of the stuff or at one of these sales. I will be in the convention with my eight-year-old son, I think, who would get a kick out of seeing some of the old toys, merchandise, etc. Is this kind of thing allowed, or is there too much drinking, cursing, and mandatory tattoos? <laughs> We're both looking forward to the Kivecast party. So, <clears throat> the answer to that, and I, well, I, we've maybe answered it before, but I think it's, it's worth saying. Sure. No, there's absolutely no... Pro- process. There's no bar to get by. There's no. Uh, you no, have to no know somebody. <laughs> you just have to be willing to awkwardly stand around in a hallway. Right. So you have to be willing to just kind of walk around and be like, uh, "Is is this it? I, boy, I see some some. I think you know. You just kind of have to look around and walk around, but no one's going to look at you and say, you know, okay, uh, uh, let's see, uh, how many wax sculpts do you have, and then uh, and then shut the door in your face. Um, so as far as that, it's just uh, usually on the Fridays. We'll talk more about it as, as it comes along, and you just kind of hang around the Rosen and you just try to find it, and uh, and it, it shouldn't shouldn't be too too hard. Yeah, uh, and and it usually ends up being in a more public space anyway, just because of uh, hotel policies. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, because yeah, no, it's 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 it ends up being a pretty informal but really really fun time. So right, yeah. And then as far as your eight-year-old son, all I'd say about that is that they're usually kind of late at night. Like they, they start whenever people get back from some interminable dinner. Um, so it may be kind of late. But no, I mean I've seen kids there before. Uh, yeah. There will be drinking. There will be cursing. There will not be any mandatory tattoos. No. Uh, it's, it's well known. Uh, you don't have a tattoo, do you, Steve? I, I don't. Okay, yeah. See, neither Steve or I have tattoos. So at least we're cool if you want to hang out with us. Other people have tattoos <laughs> though, but uh, – you know, are you gonna get one, Steve, at the show? I don't think so. I don't think so. It ain't, it ain't for me just yet. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm maybe gonna wait till I'm like seventy or eighty. <laughs> uh, get a pre-wrinkled tattoo. Oh, so yeah, so you know the distortion <laughs> level. Exactly. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll get like you know, sexy biatch like tattooed on my back or something on an eighty. <laughs> um, that's funny, Steve. I think I'm going to do that. I don't know if I'm going to make it to 80, the way my back feels, but I think I'm going to do that. It'll be all right. I, yeah, I think you're, yeah. you're going to manage. So anyway, so that's, that's the news on, uh, on Celebration 6 and the party. Oh, oh wait one a minute. Other thing. Steve, you had one more point. Yeah, there was one other thing for Celebration 6. They're uh, putting together a collector's showcase. And um, I guess what they're going to be doing is uh, displaying collectors' uh, collections. So... Uh, or photos of them anyway. So uh, there's a website. We can send a link for that. Um, but you're going to want to uh, contact Todd Chamberlain to submit your photos. And I think he asked for a little blurb about your collection and, and how you go about displaying it. But uh, the deadline for that is June 8th. So June 8th. So you're you most wanna... likely listening to that 
you know, soon. Soon, yeah. And and if you think your collection is not cool enough or not smart enough or not good enough, you're probably wrong. It just um, yeah, I, no... I think they're looking for lots of lots of good lots of good stuff. Yeah. Um so his email is Todd at toychamber.com. Um so yeah, just send him there. Tell him the Kivecast sent you if you want. You remember yeah. Todd from last month's episode, right? That's right. Is that last month's episode? Yeah, that was last month. Yeah. Um, so you know, you can just send them a, send an email, and who knows, you might be you might see your your collection up there, and it's it's kind of fun. Yeah, I, I had my collection featured on one of the one of the talks at Celebration Four or something, and I remember, you know, it warmed the warmed my heart a little bit. That's cool. Yeah. Gee, Steve, what's yeah, up with all my language today? Warming I, I, your heart and extending <laughs> your feelings. <laughs> You're you're in a chipper mood. It's good. I, I like I'm in a chipper mood. But uh, yeah, so that that is on the Celebration Six website under the Who's Coming uh, tab. So right, if you want to get in there, get on it uh, June eighth. Right, and the last thing I'm going to say, uh, and this is just a, a plea, and that is, if you're on the fence about going to Celebration Six, get off the fence and really make it. I mean, if you do the effort of listening to this show. There really should not be anything stopping you from going. I don't want to make you feel bad if you really can't go, but I just I just wanted to put that out there because I, I know a lot of folks that that listen aren't going to be able to make it. And I know it's inevitable for some. You know, most of our listeners are in Australia, uh, so that's a, a thirty-seven and a half hour plane ride. Uh, it's just, quite a trek, yeah. just to the other side of Australia. Um, but that's a little uh, ge- geography joke for Australians because they're proud of their massive continent. Oh, British accent. Anyways, uh, but yeah, so just if you have to like tell your wife or, you know, ah, it just would mean so much and it, it really it really will be a fun time. Yeah. Um, so I think that ends it for our Celebration 6 news for the time, yeah? Sounds good, yeah. The Celebration 6. 6? Yeah, see, we have a lot more uh, news to get through here, at least a lot more things to talk about. Yeah, definitely. I tell you, it really... Uh, you not being in school really uh, bumps things up a bunch. <laughs> I, I know. it's uh, It was nice. <laughs> the second the semester ended, I'm like, all right, I have three days to put together a Kivecast. I'm going to do it. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, then fun. what did you want to talk about next, Captain? Uh, well, I don't know. We could go into – we got a couple good YouTube uh, videos we oh, could talk yes, about. Oh, yes, we do. Um, now, and interestingly <laughs> enough, two of them feature well-known African-Americans with awesome mustaches. Neither of them <laughs> – Orlando Calrissian. Nope, nope. So why, why don't you hang back, audience, and think about what those who two great African-American celebrities with awesome mustaches might be. Steve, <laughs> tell them who the first one is. All right, so first up is Richard Pryor. Did you guess um, Richard Pryor? If so, give yourself a star. <laughs> okay, so tell us about Richard Pryor, Steve. All right, so this video I came across several months ago, and I always thought, all right, whenever we get to talking about the cantina, we have to bring this this video up. Um, it's a, a little skit where Richard is uh, the barkeep at the Star Wars bar, and uh, he's basically got all the cantina aliens there, and it looks like they're all pretty much the same costumes from the film. I'm not yeah, sure they all, all are, legit. but yeah. it all looks legit to me. But uh, it is one of the weirdest comedy sketches I've ever seen. Yeah, um, you get the sense it wasn't really written. It was right. like, let's just let Richard riff. But he was kind yeah. of off that day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's exactly how I would put it. It's really um, not very funny. I mean, it's, like it, you're right. it's awesome because so, you're like, hey, it's Richard Pryor in Star Wars. Who can get better than that? But the jokes yeah. are all like, 
You've got big eyes. Yeah, see, there's a handful of jokes that are like, you got the biggest eyes in the place. But then there's things like him talking to, I don't know what, what one of the aliens, talking about Hank Aaron's home run record right. for some reason. Yeah, it yeah, just... he's holding onto a baseball. And it was funny, Steve, because we, I was, as I was told you before the show, I'm actually watching a movie about uh, uh, Barry Bonds' home run ball. Right. And I was, I was watching that as I was getting ready to record this. And then I was thinking, <laughs> wow, that's just like this, uh, this Star Wars bar with, with Richard Pryor. So we'll, we'll, we'll include a link to that. There are two things that I think are, are really funny in it. <laughs> um, so I think one of them is that Snaggletooth is in it, right? Right, right. He's in it, um, and it looks – he's the tall Snaggletooth. <laughs> yeah, he's a tall Snaggletooth. He's got kind of a, a poncho, uh, and and uh, the language is a little bit salty. A only, little bit, Only yeah. in this case, and he refers to uh, uh, Snaggletooth. He says, you look like uh, – and then a derogatory term for an African-American in Detroit that I know, uh, which is pretty funny. Much funnier when Richard Pryor says it. it yes, uh, <laughs> yeah. But he, then, it's also like he's like dating that weird brain-looking guy, which seems strange. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then Greedo is making out with the devil oh, yeah, at the beginning right. of this thing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Which is yeah. which is you know I think very forward-looking. You know. Um, yeah, a little hey, bit. You, might, you know how we're always competing uh, or inadvertently competing with the gay sci-fi nerd podcast. Hey, there you I've, go. I've always been looking yeah. for a reason to like talk to them and, and get get on board with them because, I don't know, I, I like the idea that they're out there. We could talk about that. But anyways, but then, then there's the devil guy and I always yes. hate – that devil guy always scared me. I mean because yeah. yeah. he just pops up for a second and <laughs> what I love is that Richard Pryor acts afraid of him, which – Oh, yeah. Uh, Richard Pryor, unfortunately, most of his movies, uh, that was his role was looking afraid. Yep, that's true. Like the funniest man in the world, like literally the funniest person in the world, and all his movies, all he's doing is going. Ah! He just got that look on his face, yeah, and that was that was exactly where he employed it right there. It was, but, but, uh... but then he talks to someone else. He goes, "I know the devil when I see him," <laughs> and uh, that's that's how I've always felt about that scene. Like that's the devil, right? Like yeah, yeah. that's the de- that's, There's no there's no sci-fi weird name. No, no. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's good. And then Steve, I'll talk about the other. Yes, uh, African American yeah. with an awesome mustache, who's well known, and this comes from uh, faithful space freak John Peck, um, also uh, one of the people who's helping us design the, uh, the the exclusives for Celebration Six, and he points out that there is a Billy Ocean video called Lover Boy. Uh, Steve, have you taken a look at this yet? I haven't yet, and I I never heard of it, so I'm a little cautious. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, you know, Loverboy wouldn't be a bad song in between The Devil and Greedo in that little true, video. True, true. But it's it's a song that you've maybe heard a little bit. I mean, it's before your time. It's before my time, for that matter. Um, but it all takes place – it's this romantic song. I mean, it's it does the fire desire rhyme, which uh, I don't like. Um, but uh, it wow, it's, it's a really bad video. But it features – uh, it's almost the cantina. It looks like they might have used the same set. I don't think they did. Oh, okay. Uh, and then there's these really kind of tall, freaky Jawas. And uh, <laughs> I realized that we thought that Neil Young had the had the, had the like monopoly the on uh, like yeah. weird, inappropriate usage of Jawas. But we'll yeah, include yeah. a link to that with with Billy Ocean and his Lover Boy. <laughs> All right. Uh, so good. You see, Steve, that's that's news for the Kivecast right there. Two videos <laughs> that have nothing to do with nothing. 
and they have videos. You want to talk a little bit about some of the the goings on in the in the in the vintage community lately? Yeah, um, it's funny. Uh, I miss probably the biggest uh, hubbub that you know has happened lately. I just completely it was it, it like went and happened before I ever had a chance to see it. But uh, but uh, what's going on with Joe Y? Oh yeah, well he he got banned for for a month and it uh from rebel scum and it created a lot of problems uh and i it's tricky you know because yeah. i feel like you know i don't want to badmouth rebel scum because obviously i love rebel scum you know i use their forums and i like their their i like i think they're a net positive in my world you know by far i think they've they've got great forums and all that and we we promote ourselves to them and all that for sure um, yeah but they they're also pretty well known for being you know, our way or the highway. And, uh, and so, yeah, he just went his way and, and he got banned for a month. And it just, mm. I think for a lot of people, if you've been around for a while, Steve, like, I guess like we have, like, you know, that it's not a public place, right? Right. Right. It's a private place. It's the property of the rebel scum.com owned by Philip Wise and the people who he employs or not employs, but the people who work for him and right. the people he employs, they follow his rules and that's that. And I think it's it's this weird thing of where it's almost like Lucas for that matter where you get really mad because you're like, hey, I should have a say in this. And to be honest, the, the response really from Rebel yeah. Scum is a lot like, yeah. like George Lucas. Like, hey, I'm sorry you think that Greedo uh, didn't shoot first, but uh, this is my movie and uh, don't let the door hit you where the dog should have bit you. <laughs> um, so that's, that, that's, that's pretty much the policy. So I think it's, it's more, I mean, I think it's a shame obviously, cause I really like Joe. Um, although, I mean, he, he is, he does, uh, tend to antagonize, you know, he's, he's not a wilting, uh, daisy. What's the expression? <laughs> a shrinking violet. He's not a shrinking violet. <laughs> there you go. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, it, it wasn't entirely surprising. You know, it's not like you were banned for a month or something. <laughs> um, but yeah. that being said, I, I just thought it was a, an interesting, uh, interesting thread for that. Yeah. Um, now you have you have some trade news too, though, right? I do. Yeah, I've been I've been teasing this for a while. And, yeah. Uh, I, I'm gonna put in the. This is the the end of the. It's not for sale, Francis. Dilemma. <laughs> so so as I mentioned, um, I I've been collecting. Yeah, I've been collecting Chewbacca since '95, right? And I've been collecting vintage since eh, 2004-ish. And uh, when I when I came onto the onto the scene, there was a couple of collectors who already focused on Chewie, and one of them is, of course, Derek uh, Uncle Gundy Ho, mm -hmm. uh, who has almost one of everything. And so all the way back then, uh, I would say it was must must have been late 2004. I uh, I. I bought a proof from him. It was a 31 back uh, Empire Strikes Back proof. Okay. And I was just, you know, so happy to get it. I mean, it was, it was like 170 bucks, something like that. Really good deal at the time. I mean, now forget it. That's an amazing deal. But then, <laughs> then it was a really good deal. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember looking at his web shots and I said, hey, that's a really cool Endor photo proof. And I remember because that was a time where I was thinking, should I buy the photo art for that? And I remember seeing that Chromalin and just think, that, I mean, that, that proof and saying, that's pretty cool. And I was like, that's a cool proof. He's like, that's not a proof. That's a Chromalin. I wrote back mm. like, oh, cool, LOL. <laughs> and I was like, what's a Chromalin? So I didn't really know what a Chromalin was. And I did some more research and I thought it was great. 
Um, but I'm not much of one to bug people too much. Uh, that would change over the years because I did wind up getting the photo art. I wound up getting other pieces that I needed for that run through hook or by crook. And I would say by 2006, I would bug Derek three or four times a year and just mm. say, Hey, uh, you know, I know you don't like to sell things, but, uh, you is there any amount of money they would get that chromalin? And, and Derek has this great way of saying it's not for sale, Frances, where he sort of smiles at you and then turns and talks about something else, um, <laughs> which, which I respect, you know, because yeah. he's, he's clear, but he's funny about it because, you know, he's got so much stuff. That must be that. And he always say he would, he would do it in a trade. He'd do it in a trade. Mm -hmm. And my problem is, Steve, when you're a focus collector, you have nothing to trade. That, that's true. Yeah. It's like, what am I going to do? Trade him something I love? Well, after years and years, I mean, you know, from 2004 to 2012, I mm. tried with various levels of severity to get Pee Wee's bicycle, and I never could do it. <laughs> and, and finally, uh, I, I just realized I'm not going to get this without sacrificing a couple things I truly love. So, Steve, mm. I'd, I'd like you to, to, to grade this trade with me. Okay. okay. I talked right. about I talked about this with Derek, and he said you can talk about this all you want. So okay. I'm, I'm, I thought this could be a new feature. We could, if people want to write in with to limelight something they think is interesting, they can. Or if they want to talk about a trade or a deal they got, not so much like I got a double telescoping lightsaber for five bucks. Is that a good deal? That's not that interesting. But more like, is it worth it? So right. what, I, what right. I did, Steve, was I, I traded two one of a kind proofs of Chewbacca. Okay. Okay, so that's a 48 back mm. and a 45 back production like. Okay. Okay. And I traded a low gray proof. Okay. You remember when I got that one all Yes, I do. I remember that. Meetings. Yeah. So I traded three one of a kind proofs for this uh, Chewbacca Return of the Jedi alternate photo chromalin. Ooh. So yeah. what do you think, Steve? Do you think that's an equal trade? Do you think I, I came out ahead? How would you, how would you rate that? I mean, I don't know. I think, I think uh, if since you have the photo art for the uh, for the Jedi piece, I can see like your uh, reasoning for trying to get that together, and I think that makes total sense. Um, but yeah, you're right. Getting something that you really need or want takes giving up a lot. So I think you know you made. I think you made a good choice. I mean, as far as keeping that that run together like that. I mean, it's yeah. It's it. It's it's funny because. Especially when you're like me and my favorite thing in the world are 2D pre-production. And so I had to trade. I mean, I don't – I mean the low gray I kind of care about. but Yeah, sure. Uh, but to get rid of the Chewies, I know that must have been really, really tough. Like low gray is the family dog and you know <laughs> the Chewies were my kids. Uh, more like the low gray was like a box of photos. Um, <laughs> and, and the Chewies were my kids. Um, but I traded them to get a much better kid. Uh, no, so I mean I don't know. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people about this and you know, some people think that I kind of lost out on the deal because I traded three one of a kind things for one one of a kind thing. Other people think that Derek totally lost out because, you know, chromalins are so rare compared to proofs that even a one of a kind proof is uh, you yeah, know, that's... is not as cool as a chromalin. True, true. There's I mean, I think both both sides of those arguments have merit. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. so I just I, – I don't like to talk too much about myself. Uh, yeah, actually, I do. But uh, <laughs> at least this I think is, is a fun example of how you can get your, your bicycle 
and and this is just a hobby of time and patience mm-hmm. and and also as a, of respect and that's the thing is i think derek always respected me for wanting it even though i was annoying and i always respected him for not selling it to me even though it was annoying and you know <laughs> we worked it out and if i had yeah. to do, do the deal again i'd do it right away you know well, cool um so yes, yeah, so that's really exciting, and I'm, I'm hoping to get the uh, a big stair light for that in the next couple months. Yeah, that'd be um, awesome. And uh, I hope to get I hope to get Matthias on. He's already agreed to come on at some point and talk about uh, what a chromalin is and talk a little bit more about that process. Oh, good. Um, so okay. so that'll be kind of fun. But uh, so that's that's what I've been teasing uh, is is this this three for one swap. And uh, well, congrats, man. That's that's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome, and I just. Uh, I say it partly to, to to toot my own horn, but also just because it's instructive, I think, for, for a lot of people if they feel like, oh, I'll never get that piece. I mean, Steve, for most of my collecting life, I just believed I would never get that piece. Mm. It just never occurred to me that I would ever be willing to trade a Chewbacca thing to get a, another Chewbacca thing. So. Yeah. Um, so speaking of crazy patience, Steve, let's just <laughs> stay with me for one more second. Okay. All right. Um, just because, uh, <laughs> you know, Steve, I often call you the, you know, the Chick Hearns of Star Wars broadcasting. Um, <laughs> and, and I think my, my reputation has become to be somewhat of the absent-minded uh, professor. <laughs> and I definitely lived up to this, Steve. Uh, so, you know, I've been putting together this run of 21 backs, right? Yeah, Empire yeah. Strikes Back 21 backs. Mm-hmm. And uh, first of all, we, I forgot that that a listener had to remind us that you sold me the Death Squad Commander that I found. Yeah. But when I was thinking about this, I remembered something, Steve, which was I was on a payment plan. In December 2008, Ooh. I bought a, a 21-back Stormtrooper with the, the proof of purchase cut out. Okay? okay. So this is an insanely rare figure. I've only yeah. ever seen two for sale really hard to come by. I only collect them as beaters, so I'm not going to pay a lot of money. This was a lot of money, but it was still, this is a really rare card. So I paid half of it in December 2008 with the promise I'd pay for it in January 2009. I just completely forgot. (laughs) Uh, Every once in a while, I'd think about it, and then I would forget before I'd get near a computer. And it was only when we had this discussion, Steve, that I emailed the guy again, Adam Benefiel, who... I had this amazing collection. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's he's out of it now, but uh, or I don't yeah. I don't really know what he's doing now, but he's not collecting yeah. much. And I was like, "Oh, so uh it's been <laughs> over 3 years, but do you still have that figure?" It's like, "Yeah, yeah, I still got it." <laughs> so I sent him the money and he sent me the figure. He's like, <laughs> "No malice, n- no anger, just like, oh yeah, no sweat." And uh and I, uh, I, I don't know. I just I just like that because often there are stories of just bitterness and anger and why is this taking so long and oh I'm so angry and all this and and you know <laughs> a little bit of friendship goes a long way and uh, uh, you know that's we, a great story we, yeah we room together so the way the rate I'm going I may have actually already completed this whole run and I just don't know <laughs> so <laughs> uh, yeah <clears throat> and. Uh, the one Good other deal. thing I want to say too, Steve, is that I listen to a lot of podcasts and uh, there's a huge advertising campaign going on for something called Stamps.com. Okay. And I want to do an anti-advertisement. Mm. My ad is go to the dang post office. <laughs> All right? Stop paying robots to do your work for you. Stop taking work away from postal workers who are sitting there at their offices. It's a communal experience. Get out of your house. 
go down to the post office. All right? Stop listening to everyone else saying how inconvenient it is. And one more thing, Steve. Use the USPS. Don't hey. use FedEx. This nah. thing to Gundy, right? To Derek. I was going to ship it to him, Steve. I went to FedEx, $180 for a proof. Yikes. For a proof. You understand? It weighed less than two pounds. $180. I went to UPS, $160. I went to the United States Postal Service, confirmed all that rigmarole. It wasn't 100% certain to get there, but it was pretty certain. It cost me 40 bucks. Yeah. See, that's so. It's absolutely uh, true when it comes to those shipping things. It's crazy the it's difference crazy. you can find. So that's my unsolicited advertisement for the United <laughs> States Postal Service. That's, and I, I actually already asked Brock. Film he. And, and he doesn't mind that I'm, I'm doing this, this advertising <laughs> for, uh, for his service. Yes. But uh, yes, don't go to stamps.com, but do go to the post office. Here, here. Now that's all too much me, Steve. What's your next story? <laughs> Let's see. What else do we have going here? Um... Are we are we still going with news? <laughs> I think we are. I think I, I think we are, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's, it's been a pretty uh well, we, it took uh, a lot for me to talk all about myself for a while. But <laughs> you know what actually listeners, I am I am curious to know if you like it when we talk about our own collections. Steve, you don't talk a lot about your own collection. Why is that? I know. I guess it's hard for me especially lately cuz I'm not even in the same city as my collection. <laughs> right. It's just like it's such uh, it's so detached from me right now that I have a hard time even thinking about it. But uh, right. and I haven't been really busy as far as going after stuff either. I mean, the last the last time I really talked about it was when I finally finished setting up the room, and I literally I don't think I've picked up anything since then. It's just been more focused on doing the podcast, and, right. and that's a way of like staying in tune with everything. But right. well, um, well, I would say let's just put that out there and just see yeah. you know, if if you because I don't have to talk about it. You know, I mean, I have other avenues but i like it because i think you and i are both you know pretty representative collectors in terms of you know we spend a fair amount of money not as much as some not as little as others but you know right. I, I think we're uh i don't know I, I that's that's why i i, I tell it it's not just to limelight my own stuff um yeah and that's i think it's it's good to just kind of get that personal feel to it too yeah yeah that's true people love us steve <laughs> um, so speaking of limelight, Steve, do you want to go to limelight of the month? Yeah, yeah, well, let's do that. All right, well, let's uh, let's listen to this Rush song because uh, everyone seems to think that would be a good a good uh, a good intro for the limelight thing. Because you know what the song's called, Steve? <laughs> limelight. Limelight. <laughs> I miss my old. You know what, Steve? I, I'm not going to play the Rush song. I'm going to play my old limelight theme that everybody hates because <laughs> I've got the computer and they don't. Limelight. All right, Steve, there's the old hated song. <laughs> I don't think we'll listen to it very much, but I, I you know, I worked a lot on that, and it's uh. It's an oldie but goodie every now and then, right? It's an oldie but not even goodie. <laughs> All right, Steve. So I like what you what you picked out, and I love it when it seems as though the the limelights were tailor made to go with us. And we've been sort of, you know, see, this is our last month in the cantina, and it's yeah, I'm getting yeah. kind of wistful, you know. I mean, this is I know. Uh, 
you know, eventually we're going to get to our, our whole run of Hoth guys and Bespin guys and, you know, the Jabba Palace and all that. But this is this kind of first little block. And because uh, next month it's going to be Luke X-Wing, you know. Right, right. All right, what am I going to Seriously, Steve, why am I so emotional? <laughs> it's the last party right now. That's right. right. It's the last party before the next party. All right. Yeah. So, uh <laughs> what we what you uh decided to feature was Dylan's Cantina Aliens first shots. So Dylan's got the full set of the Cantina Aliens starting with Blue Snaggletooth and you got Greedo, Walrus Man, Hammerhead and Red Snaggletooth. And um they're all graded and he's got the uh the the uh, CIB certificate for the Blue Snaggletooth and um the cool thing about the Greedo is it's unpainted, so it's really, really a green Greedo, completely green. Yeah, totally green. And, um, I mean, it's just cool that, you know, to, to assemble a set like that, especially the Red Snaggletooth, which I've heard is is pretty tough to come by in, in first shot form, is it's really impressive. Yeah, it's one of those funny things where the, the blue Snaggletooth is one of the most common first shots out there, right? I th- well, it's, as far as the Star Wars characters, I, yeah. I see them a lot. Yeah, but not not Red Snaggletooth. No, no. It's one of those things where the the rarity doesn't match up with the with the value, right? Yeah. Because of course everyone wants the blue Snaggletooth for a shot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I it's neat. I really like it because it's 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 a run, you know. But it's not just based on one figure, right? And uh, it's it's graded. But I actually why well, I don't care for the CIB thing. I think that's a bit much. Um, yeah, but still, it's graded, and I, I personally think that first shots don't look worse graded. I think they look, uh, to be honest, maybe even better. I mean, the the, the case looks great, and yeah, and when you have the grading, it's it's you know the, the authentication too. So yeah, it's, it's I mean that's good. that's really important to have the the authentication, and uh, and yeah, just how nicely they fit in there. I don't know. I, I can't really complain with AFA grading when it comes to these. So, yeah, it's no. a, really, a really nice set. Yeah. Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh, my God, they're gorgeous. From the archive. Yeah, Steve, we're a little bit off our normal rhythm because you did the the outline, and I'm a little bit j- juggled up. But uh, <laughs> let's let's go into the 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 archive nugget because it really is a, a perfectly exemplary nugget where you learn. It's just part of what makes the archive great. Now, Steve, before we go into yours, because I'm just a, a little microphone hog today, <laughs> I did want to say that my favorite, probably one of my favorite things on the archive ever happened right after the 2004 election. Do you know what I'm talking okay. about, Steve? I saw it in your notes, but I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about. So. Okay, so it's something that Gus did. Um, so Gus Lopez, the imperial dignitary of this whole podcast, who, of course, famously got dressed up as a blue snaggletooth for Celebration <laughs> 4, was it? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Or was it 3? Yeah, one of the... Anyways, uh, he, he can let us know. Um, so what he did was he did... Right after the election, okay. So 2004, there was this election, and um, uh, you know, I'm not. I, we don't want to get into politics here. Uh, I'm not a big anti-Republican guy. I don't mind McCain or whatever. I'm. I know Ben, and I know Ben Romney and Mitt Romney. So that's a whole other question. So I'm not <laughs> like you know some super crazy Democrat dude. Uh, but I was not a fan of George Bush. <clears throat> you just put it that way. Just hey, 
I'm just going to say that. That doesn't mean he's the devil, just didn't like his presidency. So I was kind of bummed after that election. Happened right after the Red Sox winning, which was kind of an unfortunate confluence of events. Um, But Gus put up this thing that really made me feel better. And it was a map of the United States. And remember how they had all the, the red states and blue states? Right, right. So he just did it where he replaced the red with red snaggletooths and then the blue states with blue snaggletooths. <laughs> and I remember he posted this and not that many people talked about it and I, I mean, I don't, not many people remember it. But to me it was great because it, it helped to remind me that you know, it's, it's all just politics and they're just variations and the difference between the presidents is – frankly negligible and all these it, it, it kind of prompted me to go on these weird kind of uh, uh this political thought in my head and about the the fleetingness of time and my love of my hobby so that that's a quick sub nugget before we get to yours steve all right so we're going with another another blueprint this month but another uh, steve we've i know uh, we're, getting, we're getting we're getting stale with this but uh <laughs> but what makes this one interesting steve the cool story about this one is uh it's the blue snaggletooth or just snaggletooth blueprint and um oh, that is cool the uh the belt buckle is what is the funniest story about this um that weird it almost looks kind of star trekky looking belt Ooh, buckle thing harsh words uh, <laughs> um that the uh, snaggletooth figure has Apparently was actually designed off of a business card from the designer for his own, you know, personal firm or whatnot. Huh. And so you see, there's a picture of the uh, the business card, and then you right below there, you see that the design is exactly replicated for the belt buckle, which right. I just thought was really funny. Um, yeah, it's it really, kind of like a little Easter egg for himself. Yeah, yeah, and um, and of course this is where the uh, the infamous blue color and Disco boots first started uh, <laughs> with the uh, the photocopy that they colored in with blue, but uh, no, I, I think it was just one of those cool nuggets where it, you know it has the date, so it's January fourth, nineteen seventy eight. So right. the figure probably wouldn't come out, you know, as we said for another year, and uh, it just shows that they really didn't know what Snackletooth looked like at all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, it, it just it's a cool cool nugget, especially with that belt buckle because. Uh, uh, I, I, one thing I just remembered is that in one of those discussions, the belt buckle turned up on the holiday special character. So it's like they almost right. were basing off the uh, the toy design for the character. It was just one of those weird, weird things. So let's let's go to the uh, the unloved item of the month. Okay. Now, Steve, uh, once again, you picked out the uh, the unloved item. I was going to go into German underoos. Ooh, um, that would have been good. That would have been good. <laughs> now, we are going to get to it. Um, I'm actually aggressively working on getting another uh, international... Uh, world tour visitor. Um, oh, that'd be great. <laughs> For now, I'm going to bore you with something completely different. <laughs> oh, dude, well, you found this awesome. Where did you find? I, I mean, talk. I mean, this is a this is a nugget of an unloved thing. This isn't something where it's like, oh, that old thing again. I was thinking we could just do the red snaggletooth as the unloved thing yeah. because no one I, I, loves I the red the same snaggletooth. Thought, yeah. Even in that limelight, he was like pushed off to the very corner, and you could hardly see him. Yeah. But Steve, um, what is this weird thing you found? Okay, so when I go looking for these unloved things, I, I try and start with 
the more random categories that you find on the archive, it's usually a good place to start. And um, I happened to be looking through calendars, and I found this set of pocket calendars from Hungary. For uh, It was the 1984 and 1985 uh, calendars. And when I first saw them, my grandpa used to carry around one of these all the time. you know. And so I immediately thought of some and elderly guy. from Iceland, right? Yeah, he's from Iceland. Um, but I... I just thought of an elderly Hungarian man with <laughs> this nine um, uh, pocket calendar. And, and what's great is it doesn't say Star Wars or anything on this one particularly. So it's just nine, um When on the back, it's, the, you know, the 1985 year. Right. And so and, just uh, for those of you that, that can't look down on your phone – and by the way, don't chive and drive, okay? Um, <laughs> I guess I should say chive and drive. Don't chive and drive, folks. Uh, you gotta, you got to stay safe out there. Um, but what a pocket calendar is, is literally on one side, just a picture, and on the other side, the entire year, just in like a block format. And I, I guess you would hold this and walk <laughs> – I mean I don't, it's really hard to figure out how, how you would use it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean I, I – it's – you know, now now everyone has these on their phones. So it's just it's just funny to me. Like I'm just picturing this guy with this salacious crumb in right. his pocket on the and, back. And that's the three that exist. There's a skiff. A skiff uh, yeah. guard scene where they're all in the skiff with the yep. blue sky behind him. There's Nyan Nub, not Nyan Nub. There's Nyan yeah. Nub, and there is uh, Salacious Crumb. And yeah, I, and there's, there's more too. I, those are just three that I, I picked. But uh, what's what's funny too is you can actually find these on eBay and they sell for like four dollars. I'm like, oh, I kind of want one of those. And so yeah, I went really? looking for one. Yeah, I didn't find these particular ones, but I found others from that same. They're obviously from the same people that made them um they just you know jedi images with the calendar printed on back but i just thought it was just an odd thing that i probably never would have even known existed if i hadn't really gone digging so you know you got to send me a link to that maybe i gotta buy those before i put this up and they get all hot (laughs) yeah because they are really cool so there's no b-wing pilot or chewy not that i've seen yet there actually there may be a chewy um, out there, but I have not seen a B-Wing or B-Wing pilot, and I kind of doubt that, but you never know. You, you never know. Yeah, that's... Wow, man, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that that is an awesome, unloved nugget. Uh, so, yeah, pocket calendars. So your grandpa would just walk around, and do you remember any images that were on his pocket calendars? They were they were always like, you know, Icelandic landscapes or seabirds or something, you know? <laughs> Elk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, man, that'd be cool if he had a salacious crumb because I totally would have wanted to just take it from him. <laughs> yeah, you would have been like, my grandfather just went up 10 points. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, well, then let, let's get to that vocab, Steve, because there's, there's a point of, uh, of snaggle toothedness that, that we haven't yes. addressed yet. Yes. Let them folks change our vocabulary. Change our vocabulary. Vocab. Vocab. It's vintage. So, Steve, we we don't really talk that much about variations. In not too much, no, no. And I think, Steve, you want to talk about uh, about maybe having a debate around variations at some point. At some point, yeah. I mean, I thought we'd bring out you know the old debate D eight since we haven't done that for a while, but uh... yeah, I I think we we should. I just don't know how to set it up or how to yeah. do it. 
Yeah, it'll take a little more time and, and yeah. thought, but so, this this got me thinking about it. But but what I like is obviously the first of all is a red snaggletooth and a blue snaggletooth a variation? Right. Is it? I mean, I, I, there's a whole debate about it, I and mean, it's exactly there's plenty of people that argue it one way and plenty that argue the other. I mean, is, uh, is it two different figures? It's for me. I I guess it was because I ended up getting one of each. But uh, but on the other hand, I never really felt like I needed to get a vinyl cape Jawa or a small head Han or a yellow hair Luke or you know I just kind of went with what I had. But for whatever reason, the blue snaggletooth, I felt I guess it was different enough. Right. But, uh, you know, I, in some ways, I think that the the conclusion we'll come to is similar to Congress's conclusion on pornography. You know. I'll know a variation when I see it. And I, I think that's going to be – ultimately, it's going to be up to what one thinks. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I just think some people will just never think that a small head Han is a legitimate variation or a green limb Chewbacca or a purple smock Ugnaught or a mm-hmm. you know, uh, straight tail salacious crumb. Um, <laughs> I made one of those up. You can figure out which oh, one. I, say, I got to get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about we were talking about the calendar thing. I I love Salacious Crumb, Steve. I just, I know that's neither here nor there, but it really annoys me that all he ever got was a little tiny pack in with. with oh yeah, with no, it was one of my favorite toys. I mean, uh, for for me watching and the, characters, like too, I yeah. never cared about. I mean, the Ewoks were cute and I liked him. I didn't like seeing him die and all that. Um, but I love Salacious Crumb. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so, so get, getting back to the question of what is a variation, and yeah. when it comes to blue snaggletooth, there's this term that keeps on popping up over and over again. What is it, Steve? The dented toe or the dented boot, one or the other. Right. The the dented boot. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just ignore the little tiny dog that's chirping outside of oh. Steve's. Uh, well, what kind of dog is it, Steve? Uh, those are probably the Icelandic dogs. Hold on. Wait, wait. You got Icelandic? No, you don't need to shut up the dogs. That's fine. But you no. have Icelandic dogs too? Yeah. Well, they're 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 my mom's dogs. I'm house sitting right now, and they are <laughs> quite upset with me because they want to be in on the Kivecast. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I got my my uh, my, my beagle dachshund mix upstairs that, that howls from time to time. So uh, yeah, we, we can have a little like Skype doggy play date. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know anyway. if they can smell each other's butts through these microphones. Uh, probably, but, but uh, so the dented boot, Steve. What does it all yeah. mean? Because I've always heard this, and for someone who doesn't care about snaggle teeth, someone who doesn't care about variations, this never popped up on my radar. Uh, yeah, what is a dented boot? So apparently, um, there's a little dent on the right foot of some snaggle teeth, blue snaggle teeth, and uh, there was an old discussion where they, you know, Chris G mentions that it was a manufacturing flaw and not really a, you know, concerted effort to give him a little dent on his foot. Right. <laughs> but uh, apparently it's something that, you know, AFA takes into consideration when they're grading figures and people, you know, I was just looking through eBay to see if people list it and sure enough they do. Right. Um, and I, I don't think one is all that much rarer than the other, but. Uh, well, I think there's a perceived rarity. Yeah, that yeah. that the dented boot is more common, but right. you know what? I bet it is, Steve. I bet it's not necessarily more common, mm-hmm. but it's that you just assume that whatever is lamer is more common. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, it could be. I don't. Have to, I, I don't even know if mine has a dented boot. I have to go look. <laughs> <laughs> all, all this and more. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 true when you look at it. You see a lot of these guys have this little dented boot. It's it's a really funny thing though, just to think of this variation being so prominent, and it's yeah. it's not it's not a deformation. It really is part of the mold. Right. So. So that is, in case you ever wondering what a dented boot is, um, I always call it a bented boot. <laughs> I don't really mean to. And also, I always feel like I'm saying something with a Canadian accent when I say a dented boot. <laughs> so, I don't know what I'd be saying. Um, all right, great, Steve. Uh, so let's see. Why don't we get to our next section, and you can go uh, tell your Icelandic lap. Li- so what are they called? Icelandic lap dogs? No, they're, they're sheep dogs. They're like. They're like little lassie-looking things. They're okay. little wolf dogs, but let me go take care of them. Hold on. <laughs> well, you don't need to go take care of them. All right. <laughs> uh, when we come back, we'll have the market watch and two less dogs. What's your name again? Mia. Mia. Why are you so interested in Big Man's wife? Well, he's going out of town in Florida, and he asked me if I'd take care of her while he's gone. Take care? No, man. Just take her out, you know. Show her a good time. Make sure she don't get lonely. You're going to be taking Mia Wallace out on a date. It is not a date. One dollar flicks. Market watch. All right, Steve, uh, you took care of your dogs? Yeah, see, one's deaf and the other one's blind, so they just bark. <laughs> That's just their response to speaking life. Of, speaking of Richard Pryor, it's like, see, no <laughs> evil, hear no evil. You ever see that movie? <laughs> no, so, but... Oh, man, so so Gene Wilder is is blind and Richard Pryor is deaf or the other way around, and they, they like, help each other solve crimes or raise money for an orphanage. Or, I, I don't know. It's one of those movies from my childhood where I'm like, this is going to be great, watching it again. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched it again. I'm like, this is just Richard Pryor looking scared. But, uh, yeah, you should really rent that movie and All right. and, and and redo it with your dogs. It'd be, it'd be okay, I might, I might have to because I'm a fan. I'm a fan of both Wilder and and Pryor. So yeah, well, that's. I think it's even on Netflix. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> yeah, and actually, speaking of Netflix, Steve, we're in the market watch technically, but I also wanted to say, uh, as far as uh, vintage noting, uh, there's this movie out there called The People versus George Lucas. Right. Um, yeah. Which. Ugh, I don't know. If if you want to see a bunch of people being really annoying and just making you wish you didn't love Star Wars, watch that movie. Um, but there's a little bit of vintage stuff in it. Uh, there's a vintage Star a Spanish collector, uh, Gerardo Rodriguez Sanchez. And I don't know because I don't know any Spanish collectors' real names. I just know their screen names. So I don't know if that's like – well, it wouldn't be Javi Spain. But anyways, uh, you can see his collection in the background. Uh, you can see Starcase, which, you know, we interviewed the owner of Starcase in Japan. Uh, and then also there's this really great clip from this really old uh, fan movie made with vintage Star Wars figures. Right, and right. I think people do this a fair amount, but I just wanted to send it. It's by a guy named Char- Charlie Uner, and he, I guess he does like – surfing documentaries no i don't really know what um but we'll include a link to this as well and uh they're just they're pretty cool as far as like really old fan films like it's yeah, recorded yeah. on film you can see it's you know 16 millimeter or whatever yeah um, right 
so yeah, that's that's the best part of of uh, of the people versus George Lucas, because um, man, you're just like wow. I, it is it is pretty slick. Uh, yeah, um, it's is pretty slick. So, getting back into the market watch. Yes, and we have uh, once again a great uh, response from our two correspondents. Um, I, I almost thought this is such a big market watch that we'll we'll even do a little commercial break halfway through. Oh, that sounds good, Steve. Um, so we'll start with uh, with Michael's Snaggletooth report, and uh, once again he gets a great variety of stuff for the character. Um, he really nailed it. So the first thing we have is a uh, we'll go with card stuff first. So 79, 1979, twenty one back. Uh, it's graded AFA seventy five. Um, and it sold for two twenty one oh seven, and uh, that's just your standard, you know, offerless, which is cool. It's nice to have a the good clean card back, uh, yeah. Snaggletooth. And um, I see Steve. It's already happening to me. The first picture I look at, I'm kind of like, you know, that's kind of nice I, looking. I kind of like that. I yeah, like that. I wouldn't mind having that. <laughs> I gotta say, I hate the AFA style with the sticker on top. Oh right, that was the old style. Um, wasn't it? Yeah. No, they, no, they. Are, are they do that with they, the? Do they still give the option to do that? Yeah, yeah, they still give the option to do that. I, I think oh. it's comic book collectors. Um, oh, I think that because that looks like the way they do comic books or the who okay does comic books. Okay, but yeah, um, yeah, tw- two hundred twenty-one bucks. Not not mm-hmm. a bad deal for a nice uh, nice Arfalus, uh Snaggletooth. Not too bad. Yeah, and then the next one's another twenty-one back, and this one is not graded, and it sold for two fifty-five. So um wow, ungraded get, selling for more. Mhm. It's uh, one of those odd circumstances, but yeah. Well, it looks like it's in better condition. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But uh still it's a uh, it's a nice little compliment to get one of each. Um this next one's it's just kind of funny because uh let's see, it's an ESB 21 back AFA 85 that sold for 200. But the uh, the original store price sticker is put right over the special secret figure offer on the front, <laughs> <laughs> which just seems counterintuitive, I guess. I'm like, well, you want them to? Oh, well, eh, who cares about that? We don't want them to get more. We'll just <laughs> put our price tag over it. That's great. But uh, yeah, it's a nice, really nice figure. Yeah, that's and actually, Steve, uh, talking about ESB twenty uh, one backs. Yeah, the I actually have a Snaggletooth of that. Um, I got it a long time ago. It's maybe the second figure that I got, and okay. it's, it's great because it has a layaway sticker on the back. Oh, sweet! <laughs> so someone bought a red Snaggletooth on, on layaway. Layaway. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it's 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 pretty outstanding. So the front has the sale price of. Two dollars and fifty-eight cents, uh, forty-eight okay. cents. Excuse me, from Kmart. Okay, and uh, it's a, a very nice condition figure. And then on the back, it has uh, booth thirty-five, four dollars, snaggle tooth, <laughs> and uh, apparently it was it was bought on layaway. So there you go, and uh, it went from two dollars and forty-eight cents to five dollars, and I think I bought it for about forty. <laughs> So <laughs> there you go. And I wouldn't trade that for a, a you know, AFA a hundred. Cause I, I love the story on that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. But, uh, and once again, this is pretty cool too, with the price sticker right over the, yeah. right on top. You know, Steve, you know, it's a possible reason for that. It could have been past the expiration date. Ooh, Ooh, good thinking. You know, it could be, um, because, uh, the, 
the Snaggletooths tended to stay around. I mean, the, the 21 back I have has the extension offer on it. I think obviously they had a hard time figuring out how to sell these things. Um, so it wouldn't, maybe that's why. Yeah, it could be. Um, yeah, well, maybe. Let's see. So up next we got uh, another ESB figure. This is an offerless uh, 32 back, I believe. Uh, it sold for $199.99. Um, just Let's a clean. 200 200 even 200 um, Another nice figure. It's graded. Um, but uh, just to show, let's see, the last one was, you know, the last one was graded too. They're all selling about 200 it seems like. Right. Um, and just looking again at this at this price sticker, Steve, I can't get over it. It's awesome because <laughs> it's 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 like because the the offer. I love the offer. That's why I collect those. The yeah. red and the yellow, and it's this really bright orange, yeah. and it's really just really off putting. It says TSW, <laughs> and yeah, no, I'm convinced now. My theory that it was it was past the offer, past expiration yeah, date. Past the expiration date. <laughs> Uh, I could have started a subfocus of ESP twenty one back snaggle teeth with bad layaway stickers. With, yeah, with bad <laughs> stickers. Okay, uh, so so you get a thirty two back offerless for two hundred bucks, right? Uh, and then uh, up next, we're into the Jedi stuff. Now this is a seventy seven back B with which is the one with the Anakin sticker on the front. Um, and this one was uh, let's see, graded AFA eighty, and it went for one ninety two ninety nine. What's the and, deal, Steve? Uh, Everything's cost like two hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, it's like the magic number for Snaggletooth. Um, I mean, it's I, you know, I guess with this one, it's got a, a pretty clear bubble, and you know, it looks looks pretty nice. But yeah, it's it's funny. Uh, the next figure we have is is the same figure, but in a bit worse shape. This one has a yellow bubble, and uh, looks like it's a little bit worse off and that one only sold for about 50 bucks so all right steve i don't i don't understand this yeah how is a 77 back snaggletooth going for 192 dollars <laughs> no like seriously like what am i missing i i don't mind I, missing something I, I don't mind if it's like oh sky you didn't know that anakin offer snaggletooths are really rare yeah i don't know that's a it's a good question but um a ton of money that that goes against my whole. Hey, you see, you could collect if you don't have a lot of money, <laughs> boy. Well, I, hey, you could because you could have bought a perfectly good one for fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but even that seems like it's, maybe it's because it's a Star Wars figure and they made less of I, those. That, that's my only thinking about it. I mean, um, as far as Jedi figures go, uh, that's I just went for Jedi figures on Jedi cards. So I don't, I don't know, but yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I thought I thought even for for forty nine ninety nine that was a little. Little up there for a snaggle tooth, but yeah. um, I guess regardless, not everyone shares our hate, Steve. No, <laughs> um, and uh, Michael also got some good loose prices. So we have uh, a loose uh, AFA eighty five that sold for forty six, and uh, what makes this more interesting, <laughs> or just maybe maddening, I'm not sure, uh, is that an AFA U eighty sold for twenty two. So yeah, no, that's just maddening. Yeah, okay. I figured you'd probably go for the latter. Um, but yeah, you go, you go from a, an AFA eighty-five, you know, not uncirculated or anything like that for forty-six, and then you go uncirculated with the lower number for twenty-two, which I just found fascinating. All right, so hey, AFA collectors out there, because you know neither one of us are, could you explain this to us? How is it that five extra points is worth? Twenty dollars, 
when the mitigating factor is the one that's graded less has never been touched by human hands. That, wow. Except that is weird to think about. put it everywhere. Except for all the people who touched it. <laughs> except for all the people who touched it. It's been uncirculated. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's really weird. Isn't that, that just strange? Um, and then yeah, also and it came from a baggie. So you yeah, know, it yeah. cost more than 20 bucks to get. To get it. Yeah. That's just a trip. Um, uh, this is a very one. unexpected market watch, Steve. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just, normally, like, you can kind of expect you know the price difference between an empire or return of the jedi darth vader but this is really uh really wild yeah. stuff all right yeah. so what's next on, on the on the crazy upside down <laughs> up next we have a really nice cantina adventure set the uh the sears ex- exclusive it's afa worthy but it hasn't been graded and it it really is a gorgeous piece and that sold for 1850 huh. so uh and i I'm not sure, you know, I've never pursued a Cantina Adventure set before, and I've definitely never seen one that looked this nice um, just sitting there ungraded. So I'm like, wow, that's that's amazing. But almost almost two grand for one of these. So um, there you have it. I mean, it, it's just, it just it blew my mind to see one in that good a shape on its own, for one, and then to see the, the selling price of 1850 It's yeah. just... It's you know good good pick, Michael. That's yeah. I, I would pick the same thing. That's really uh, interesting. I tell you, I, yeah. I think if a lot of the like the old time Star Wars collectors who don't pay a lot of attention to the market saw this, they'd start thinking about selling some of their ungraded stuff. Because <laughs> wow, that's really yeah. that is a lot of money for for. What's weird too, I just the, the whole term AFA worthy. I hate that. Term. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I I don't mind like wood grade high, but just AFA worthy. It's like yeah, no, it's not worthy of AFA. AFA would be lucky to be worthy of it. You know, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. But, sorry, we're gonna have to keep going with AFA for for a little bit no, longer. No, that's fine. A, it's great. We've got uh, a graded blue snaggletooth. Um, it's in a baggie, and uh, AFA eighty five. It sold for seven hundred. So. Wow. Now, you see, that doesn't bug me at all, Steve. I it's, think that's great. I mean, see, to me, like I'm not Mr. Anti-AFA. I think yeah. that's great. I think this is totally fine. A $700 for a baggie inside of a sealed package. There's a lot of fake baggies going around, and I really respect the fact that whoever – graded this didn't take it out of the didn't, bag didn't to get open the new it, yeah. grade. Sure. I think it looks cool. I, I don't understand how baggies are displayed. I think they look better True. in boxes anyways. So uh, True baggies are tough when it comes to that. So I think it does look great. Yeah, I I think it looks great and I'm I'm totally in favor of this. As much as I don't like AFA worthy, I think this figure looks better this way than it would not AFA graded. You see Steve, I can make everybody <laughs> annoyed at me. <laughs> <laughs> So up next, we had just a loose blue snaggletooth, and this is the one with no dent, um, and that sold for 151 And uh, by comparison, another loose snaggletooth with a toe dent sold for $92.89. And it looks like it might be in just a little bit worse condition overall, but still, you'll see. Uh, I just tried to pick one of each just to see if there was much of a difference. And it seemed like there was always a little bit of a difference, but, uh, I mean... As far as the dented ones going, maybe a little bit closer to 100, and, and the uh, the ones without it going more, 125, 150. So it's uh, just interesting. And I, I had honestly not even thought about it, the whole dented thing, until he brought it up. And 
yeah, there you go. It's it's reflected in just a you know eBay search from last night. <laughs> right, and once you start noticing the dented boot, that's all you ever see. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that wraps up part one. So, uh, what do you say we go to commercial break? All right, sounds good. I think uh, we we got a new sponsor this month. It's uh, Kenner Toys. It's the Star Wars Creature Cantina that you put together. Action figures each sold separately. You can make them move on revolving discs with the action lever. You can even make them fall. Gotcha, Hammerhead. Got him. I told you not to follow me, Guido. You owe us money, Han Solo. You're not going to collect this time. Wow, what a weird place. Kenner's new Star Wars Creature Cantina. Action figures sold separately. Oh, Steve, that's great. Yeah, uh, I, I what's fascinating to me about about the the cantina is how they really are pushing it as a weird place. Right, <laughs> it's strangeness. Every every little bit about advertising for it has something to do with being strange or weird, and I just think it's perfect because it really that's exactly what it is. <laughs> right, and, that, and that's really what sold kids on it in the first place was that it was yeah. weird and that it was so fun also it should be noted is you know the the opening to this the the idea of using wampa wampa uh it comes from the the old kenner commercial where the kid screams wampa yeah and and that's sort of and it was actually my miss i misremembered it <laughs> and i i thought it i thought he said wampa wampa and actually just says it once but uh well the die were cast but we actually almost went with the opening to that, which is Nagamaru. Yep. Because yep. um, that actually used to be Ron Salvatore's uh, signature, right? <laughs> signature for a long time. I remember seeing it thinking, oh, those stupid inner circle jerks. I don't get what that means. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I saw the commercial. I was like, oh, it's from a commercial. That's not some kind of weird inner circle thing. So <laughs> uh, that's, uh, I, yeah, I wound up. Uh, kind of swearing in the middle of all that by mistake but it's totally unintentional uh anyway so that that's almost nagamaru um and i'm starting to think maybe every time we mention ron's name we should have the nagamaru drop nagamaru. it might might be a good idea yeah i, I kind of like it when people have their own drops yeah it's, uh, it's it's kind of fun or their own little theme songs but uh so so let's get to uh what do we call it pete's uh pete? i'm gonna call it pete presents pete presents i'm ready Okay. So as we uh, learned last month, I think, is when we started with Pete's uh, scales for, for his auctions that he brings up. And uh, since then, he sent us a good explanation on how he breaks stuff down. And I figured we could just quickly run through that. Yeah, um, not only that, Steve, I say we make it official. This is okay. the official Kivecast supply and demand scale. Okay, fair enough. Sound good. Um, I, I like he did all the work, and so I say we take all the credit. <laughs> nah, we can't do that. No, of course. Um, it's Pete's scale, but we are officially... We're going to uh, ad- adopt it. Adopt yeah. it, yes. Okay. So the first scale is the rarity scale, and um, he's basing it on the you know estimated examples existing today. So 10 is the rarest. It's one of a kind, previously unknown. And you go 9 is like 2 to 5 examples. 8 would be 6 to 10. 7, 11 to 25, 6, 26 to 50, and so on and so on. You go down to 1, that's, you know, 500 and, and, and over. Um, and so for the pricing, uh, he's representing the average realized price based on prior au- auctions and recorded transactions. 
it's not the actual value of an item in an auction uh, that they went for, but rather a perceived value. Right. Um, so for ten, that'd be you know ten thousand plus. Uh, we'll just go halfway down. Like a, a five would be five hundred to a thousand, and one would be fifty dollars and lower. Right. So having that as a basis really helps going forward with these, and I, I think it makes makes pretty good sense. Right. Um, and I like it because it doesn't try to put a quantity on desire. So All I think right. in that in that sense it works. Yeah. Um, so we'll start with uh, item number one, which I, I love these things. There, it's a, a Luke Farm Boy Japanese. Poppy, how, how do you pronounce this? I think we even talked about this in that the, the Japanese episode. Yes, the the only episode that had a funny uh, title on iTunes, Konichiwampa. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's Poppy. I think it okay. is Poppy. All right, I'll, uh, that's the way I've always thought about it. So it'd be really tough for me to to change now. I'll go with that. But uh, it's a it's a Luke, and it's displayed with an acrylic case, which I think looks great. Um, and uh, Pete has a nice little commentary here. It's, you know, like most foreign figures, uh, this particular item and the, the series as a whole have seen a lot of fanfare and, and the demand has crept up a bit. Um, so this one sold for one eighty one forty nine, and And uh, he has a, you know, rarity scale 6. Um, he also has a demand scale, which we didn't factor in. But uh, I, I think that the demand scale we should leave off. Okay, so we'll just stick I, with rarity price. I don't yeah. fully endorse the demand scale because I okay. think it's too, it's too vague. Okay, so I like we'll, I like the incentive, but I don't think it's as quantifiable. Okay, so for rarity, this one's a six. Uh, price we have it as a three. Um, great, great item. Um, I used to have, uh, I think it was a Han Hoth years ago, and I always kind of regretted getting rid of it. Yeah, um, no, those poppy things are great. And go back and listen to the Kanichiwampa episode. Yeah, um, you which is better... actually the episode I always tell people to listen to if they've never heard the show before. Oh, um, that's a good call. But uh, that that was a really good one. We talk a lot about Poppy and, and why they picked the figures they picked. Just to yeah. remind you, they picked the they mainly picked the figures that had masks and stuff because that's how right. heroes are in Japan. Right. So yeah. So uh-huh. that's uh, uh, good. All right. Okay. So up next, next we got the uh, ESB Red Six Pack. And uh, there was, you know, two versions of this. One was the uh, the yellow version, which is the rare one. Um, this one's the red six pack. And let me pull up the picture to get the right figures here. Um, so it's got, uh, you know, the Han Hoth, Snowtrooper, Rebel Soldier, three PO, R two Invader, and um, I, you know, it's just one of those like collecting vicariously things. I always loved these, but I just know I would never, you know, actually get one. Right. <laughs> but, uh, uh, this one sold for four hundred and five, and um, and uh, I guess as far as the scales go, we have you know rarity. It's you know five, maybe five and a half, six, and price would be a four. Um, and you know, as I said, it's the di- more difficult to find of the two. And um, Pete notes that you know the red version comes in at a ratio of about one to ten versus the yellow box. Right, um, but which, they're both nice because yeah, they're really these, great. These these uh, six packs. These Empire six pack. It's funny because ESB is there's some. I think it's maybe Sierra Nevada. It's some beer brand. Oh yeah, the the red or is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, know, or somewhere or other. I don't yeah. know. I remember we we bought a a, bo- a box of that before Celebration four, um, but it's just funny like an ESB open red six pack. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but they're they're nice because they actually featured pictures of the toys on the front. Yeah, which yeah. are it just makes it a little bit cooler. Yeah, for some reason they they really remind me of the old school Playmobil 
uh, you know, toys, like the way that the package is designed. Right. Um, so up next we have, uh, let's see. Oh, we're getting into your territory now. We are. Um, we got a couple, a couple Chewbacca proofs. So um, I don't know. Maybe I want to. I want to see you take these ones. I want to see what your your thoughts are. All right. Cool. Uh, well, so there's uh, he. Okay. So he mentioned first of all uh, the Chewbacca revenge proof, which the item didn't sell, but he wanted to throw it in there just for good measure. Uh, it's a higher demand revenge proof. Once again, the question I've never had answer: Why is his nameplate orange and not yellow? On the mm. revenge proof. I don't know why. Um, and uh, he said that uh, others out there have gone for 250 to 300 loose. And around 300 graded consistently. This auction uh, went to $381. That seems pretty high. I've always thought there were $250, but there you go. Yeah. Um, Empire Strikes Back proof card. Uh, he says they are hard to come by and a character like Chewie is no exception. Uh, very nice product, very rare overall, with no recent comparable sales. Went for five hundred. Um, well, that's what I think it's worth. <laughs> but yeah, no one, no one has ever agreed with me until now. So there nope. you go. <laughs> Vindication, uh, Sky. Uh, you know, like I said, I bought one for whatever it was one hundred and eighty from from Gundy and one hundred you know, in two thousand and four. Uh, yeah, I I don't know why a Chewbacca Empire Strikes Back proof would not sell for five hundred dollars. Let's put it that way. Except for the fact that no one ever pays that much. But <laughs> with the idea that there are ten to twelve out there, you know, probably maximum. Um, I guess there could be more. But uh, yeah, so that's that's really that's really cool. Uh, and then the big one is big one. the Chewbacca Star Wars proof card. And. Uh, uh, Pete mentions in here, truly a holy grail for any Chewy Focus collector. Um, now this and, is a twelve back, right? Yep, it's a twelve yep. back proof, and I could go on and on about the twelve back proof, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, I it's so this sold for one thousand six hundred and twenty six dollars, and I remember when an AFA graded one sold for thirteen hundred, and everyone thought it was absolute lunacy. Wow. Um and uh I bought mine for I bought my first one for eleven hundred. And that was a long time ago. That was probably two thousand and six. And then I bought another one for probably right around that same amount. Okay. And then I sold it for the same amount. And then well then I bought the one sided one. So I guess oh, I've had okay. three 12-back Chewbacca proofs at one point. So I was really tempted to go after this one <laughs> just to see if I could it's have all, all – at some point have had all the Chewbacca 12-back proofs in existence. But no, uh, 1626, I, again, this is kind of like when the Uzes come up and, and all the all the uh, long-time bootleg collectors say, oh, that sells for too much. Uh, I don't think so. It's <laughs> it's a major character. It's a 12-back. It's a proof. It's uh, 12-back proofs are one of the few things where you could point to them and just say, this is the first thing of the first thing before it was made. And it it instantly gets a reaction and a response. So uh, that is yeah. higher than I thought, but it wouldn't surprise me if if a 12-back proof for Chewbacca was selling for three grand in two years. I, it really wouldn't surprise me. But hey, that's just me. <laughs> and it's not for sale, Francis. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, that's really exciting for me because uh, actually a lot of space freaks uh, emailed me and said, "Hey, have you seen this?" And I remember thinking, oh, "I'm so glad that when I paid what was too much then, that I only paid that much." So, and whoever won these is very happy because I would have outbid them. <laughs> to the little red riding hood, Steve. All right. So uh, up next, we have the Lily Letty removable hood Jawa. It was an AFA 85. Um, I always thought this was kind of a, a, a neat feature that you could pull off the hood on these these uh, Jawas from Mexico. Um, this one sold for 582. Um, and as far as you know, uh, rarity, he has it. You know, a scale of around four. Uh, price is you know mid range. You know, five. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess you know over the last few years these have really taken off and. Um, uh, yeah, I just think for for Jawa collectors, it's it's got to be maddening because it's just another <laughs> tough, I know. popular popular thing to have to go after and, and to to suck it up for. But uh, it's a neat item regardless. Yeah, I look forward to doing the the Vintage World Tour with Mexico to talk about. Oh man, yeah. Why couldn't Lily Lady like go to Kenner and just be like, "Hey, you guys got to do all these cool things"? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that removable hood is excellent. Yeah. Uh, but we're not done a, with Jawa, Steve. What's the next nope. Jawa? We got one other one. Or I actually got two more. Uh, so we have a vinyl cape loose. This was an AFA 90. And uh, I, I like how Pete puts this. It's not a rare bird by any means. But uh, it you know, really caught his attention because the final, final value was nearly double the last 90 that were available on eBay. And that price was uh, 1219 wow. So it's just, whoa, wow. Um so, you know, rarity scale, it's only, you know, two. There's, you know, a lot of these around. But price scale, you're already into, like, a, a six. So you're over over a grand. Right. Um, and, and, and again, Steve, I'd like to just kind of go back to my whole point about a 12-back proof being worth $3,000. Because if you're willing to spend just 400 less on an item of which there are, uh, what did he say? He said it was a, a six. I mean, a, yeah. a rarity of two. As opposed to you know uh, a rarity of nine, exactly, and certainly yeah. not. I mean, yeah, it may not be as desirable as far as to the number of people that want it, but boy, there's a lot more. Even of AFA ninety, there's a lot more. So, yeah, um, and what what even you know makes it more interesting is the next thing we have is a vinyl cape Jawa on card. Um, you know, and while it's not, you know, uh, the greatest shape card it's still a significant piece and this one sold for four hundred dollars four hundred dollars less it was 815 so i mean it's just uh i mean yeah it's just it's interesting to see the difference between i mean i think the carded one's much cooler i mean just my personal choice if i was going to get one or the other and you'd end up saving 400 bucks (laughs) yeah that's amazing yeah because imagine trying to explain that to somebody they're like, oh, oh man, I bet that uh, uh, whoever took this off the card back is kicking themselves. No, not really. You know. not, not really, no. If you took it <laughs> off, uh, you could send it to somebody in Georgia, and they would put it in a piece of acrylic, and uh, you could sell it for $400 more. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, really, um, that's, that's a question of authentication, I think. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. a, a real case of where maybe if you love the idea of a vinyl cape Jawa, Spend three years collecting and just learn a lot. Learn how to spot a reseal. Uh, learn how to talk to collectors, make friends with people. 
and then go after your vinyl cape Jawa, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. like the vinyl cape Jawas or uh, even like a 20 back FET. I mean, there's so many cheaper ways of getting these really high demand, high value items that are often faked. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Um, let's see. We're almost through. We got a few more things. We uh, Now we're going back to the cantina theme. Uh, this is a great uh, three-pack that has uh, the cantina guys in it. Um, it was the uh, the creature set. And uh, <laughs> it sold for $12.40. Um, it's got the special offer on it, too, which is just, it's like double special. Right. <laughs> you got um, the special set with a special offer um, for another figure. Um, and uh, let's see. Yeah, this was yeah, 1200 I guess the price has gone down a little bit with the the uh rates or whatnot but about 1200 bucks for this one um and uh, man it's it's another one of those things like man i wish i collected three packs <laughs> right uh it's just they're really really eye eye catching right and this is a little bit beat up and so it, it sold for relatively little um and again kind of going back on my, on my 21 back thing that's not a bad idea out there if you have a focus collection or you hope to get one just pick up something else that's something cool, but not necessarily the top of the line of that. It, it would be fun. I bet that'd be fun to put together a run of like three packs that are kind of beat up. Yeah. Um, okay, so it's, this is something we don't talk about all that much. Uh, we got a good interview on it last last month, but displays. Um, this is a French-Canadian store display header for uh, from the Star Wars era. Um, sold for 456 um, and, uh, you know, these are, you know, as, as Pete mentions, they are kind of a niche in the, in the collecting community, but this is really a, a nice piece. Um, and really rare. Yeah. Yeah. Really rare. Uh, it's just, he has a rare of nine, which, um, that's, it's pretty incredible. Um, and for 456 bucks. So, um, yeah, it's cool. I get the I mean, sense that whoever won that is really happy. They They could be pretty stoked about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great piece. Um, well, it's great too. Cause it's in the, it's in French and in English and mm-hmm. it's got, uh, yeah, it, that, that's a nice piece. Uh, and lastly, another thing we don't talk about all that often is a, a mail order pack. Um, this is the Cantina figures four pack. Um, and this one sold for about two sixty five. And uh, it's it's just a whole other branch of collecting that you can really really get yourself t- involved with. That, and unlike we were talking about before, it's really tough to display these things. But uh, if you can find a way to do it, um, and you really kind of get a grasp on how much you can do with baggies and mailers, it's it's right. a great side branch for all this. That uh, you know, someone that's focusing on collecting the canteen aliens, you have all these interesting ways to do it and this is another another one right here you have the the main four um, yeah this is a great way to go out on the on the on the cantina because yeah. this is just another great example 270 bucks call it mm-hmm. you yep. know and you have this really cool plain box but just even on the outside just in the writing it's kind of exciting you know that it says cantina figures four pack and list them all you know and it's this whole period of the second wave of figures, and they knew that everyone loved this really weird place. You know, <laughs> it was the first time that Star Wars merchandising got silly. 
Yeah. yeah. You, know, you could almost say that the Death Squad <laughs> Commando was silly. But not really. I mean, really, this is the most silly of the silly to, to start off with. And yeah. to have them all, I mean, it's in some ways, it's like iconic, right, Steve? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I mean, yeah. It's, and I, I think all you really need, I don't think you need to, to get it graded. Just buy an acrylic box and throw and them in there. That's, yeah. that's nice, yeah. Yeah, Steve, we should, we should do a feature on, uh, on mailers. So, hey, if you're somebody who knows a lot about mailers, uh, uh, kivecast at gmail.com. Just uh, send us an email, and we'll, we'll do a feature in the next couple months on mailers. Because I don't know nothing about mailers, Steve. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, not well-versed, to say the least. Yeah. But, yeah, that wraps up the, the Market Watch. Uh, thank you again, guys, for your amazing work. Um, you really make it easy for us because you, you picked a great selection of stuff, as always. And um, it's always surprises, which is great um, yep, it was and informative. So it's perfect. And tell you, for those of you that like the long podcasts, <laughs> you've got to send a special thank you out to, to Brisbane, <laughs> Brisbane Michael and uh, Frat Boy Pete because they're – they definitely put the work in, and we just get to talk back and read about it. Good. All That's right. Great. Well, I think that just leaves us with uh, feedback. Yep. You know, uh, before we go on, we're going to ha- add a new feature, and that is uh, we've been talking to Paul um, from uh, from Toulon. Well, I guess he's probably from England originally, but, uh, you know, me, I love France. So R2D Tour, who's our sort of official uh, emissary from the Imperial Gunnery, uh, and he's kind of came up with his own initiative and just came up with the Tay Godball feature. It's uh, great. Yeah. yeah, so it's great. So he sent he sent us eight things, and I figured we'll kind of parse them out over time. Okay, and, sounds uh, good. So I thought we'd just talk about two of these weird international items. Uh, so the first thing is the Mini Sinex by Meccano. <laughs> So Meccano, of course, the great French importers of uh, and uh, I guess fabricators of French toys, and it's the cinema style viewer, and uh, they were made by Kenner in the U.S. and apparently by a company called Chad Valley in the U.K. Huh. Never heard of Chad Valley, and uh, so Meccano made one and it's called the Mini Mini Cinex. So like you know Cine or. See, there's, there's no there's no accent on the E, so I guess it'd just be the mini Cinex as opposed to mini Cinex. Anyways, uh, and it's just talks about projecting moving images onto the wall, and it used eight millimeter film. That's and, pretty awesome, man. Oh. Yeah, it's just great. You can see it, and ooh, maybe for the party we can go one step beyond the uh, give a show <laughs> projector. Uh, if maybe someone wants to bring in the mini Cinex, uh, and it says right next to it, du vrai cinéma. Uh, which it sounds means, so yeah. We're talking like French New Wave here, exactly like real cinema right there. <laughs> and you know, you see the kids. And one thing I like about the box is you have the parents looking, and then you see the kids staring at the images. But for whatever reason, Han Solo's gun is pointing right at the kids' face. I, yeah, I just saw that myself. That is oh. So it's got the it's got Luke kind of looking uh, wistfully, not wistfully actually. It's Luke from the from the cockpit. Then you have the Han just pointing the gun right at the kid's face. Yeah, I, my immediate instinct is want to turn that box art into like a a black and white uh, Francois Truffaut poster. This oh, just really, nice. really like just you know 
just you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. I th- you know, I think Nagamaru Ron Salvatore would like that. I think he would probably. Yeah, that's yeah. His, uh, his big love is French New Wave uh, film posters. Um, so yeah, that's that, that. That would be a good. Hey, once again, got something else for our uh, our, our designers to do. Although I must say, Steve. With all these uh, giveaways, we've been keeping. We got a, a a busy team. Yeah, we've been keeping our our designers quite busy. Um, <laughs> isn't it great being like a a, a, pro, a project manager, Steve? You don't you don't have to do anything but tell people to do things better. <laughs> it's like, you know, that looks great, but if you could make it better, that would be great. <laughs> and they do it. Uh, yeah, you, then, get, you get the the George sense exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> I like that design, but if you can make the amount of manatee a little bit more a man a man and a little bit less manatee. Um, oh, and, man. And then the next thing is uh, is just – I like the way it's labeled, Steve. Spanish cassette. Yes. <laughs> and uh, not much to be said except it was a Spanish pr- cassette printing of the original John Williams soundtrack. And it came in a nice twin pack case. Uh, oh, nice. And then what's nice is they talk about their discussion – we did wonder whether the foam insert would one day degrade pretty much the same way the foam degrades in the Dagoba <laughs> playset, LOL. Uh, oh, man, that's, that's perfect. We're never going to get to discuss the Dagoba playset foam <laughs> thing, but I experienced They'll this. all be gone by the time. <laughs> I experienced this firsthand. I did go back to my house, and I did find a big box of old Star Wars toys, and I did find the Dagoba playset, and I did get my fingers all gooey and Mucky, nasty. Yeah. I was like, it really, it's funny. It's now more like the real Dagoba. You know, it's just over time, it's just just turned into this just nasty mush. You almost hear that, you know, in the background. Uh, so You're we'll find like fossilized bugs in there now. From from now on, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Here at the Kivecast, we really do care. You can email us at kivecast at gmail dot com. You can call us at our special Wampa line. That's P O K U T. Wampa, or 1765-889-2672. Twitter us at Kivecast, or join us up on our Facebook page. We really do care. Feedback, Steve. Yes. Uh, I wonder if everyone's going to be disappointed about my big trade news after all the, uh, the buildup. That is pretty nah, good, right? Three good story. Three proofs for a Chromalin. I mean, that's that's pretty yeah. exciting. Yeah, I mean, I think that's almost like a little story time segment in its own. That was that was good. Hey, that's a good point, Steve. We can have our own story times once in a while. Once in a while. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's. Uh, you want to start off with some feedback? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll start with the um, some Facebook feedback. Uh, we got a great message from Danny Bivens. Um, he starts with Konichi Wampa. Um, nice. And, uh, you know, I'll I'll just go ahead and read it. Uh, My name is Danny. I'm a listener to the cast living in Japan, Um, originally from Illinois. Uh, You randomly stumbled across the the Vintage Pod in October 2010 and has been an avid listener ever since. Um, Last summer, he even went back and listened to all the episodes that he had missed, uh, including the piece that we did on Starcase in Tokyo, which he had no idea even existed. Um, so he's, he says he's constantly delighted and amazed about the, the knowledge that we bring to the table. And uh, even though he collects mostly uh, uh, Power of the Force 2 stuff, he's always had a keen interest in, in vintage. But uh, thought it'd be forever uh, out of his price range. But our show and the market watch has proved him wrong. And um, 
he's a you know it's a really great message um Oh man, it's like a dream message, Steve. Yeah, and I, when I saw this, I'm like, "Oh, you guy's gonna be really stoked to, to yeah. read this." Well, it's awesome uh, because, first of all, like I was hoping that we'd help Starcase get more get more business, but I'm like, who hasn't heard of Starcase? Who lives in Japan? Yeah. Well, awesome. Somebody hadn't heard of Starcase. Who lives in Japan. Yeah, that was perfect. Uh, yeah. There's also like a weird Godzilla shop next to it. I wonder if that's still there. Oh man, Steve, I really miss Japan. Yeah, I, I need to go. Oh, yeah. um, you know, it's funny actually. We found some of our old like candy that we bought in Japan, and it like expired in 2009 or whatever. And we just <laughs> ate it. It was great. We always they had these great gummies over there. Oh yeah, I was um, still eating the caramel spread, and they, they had this black sesame spread over there called Goma. Ah, oh, it's so good. Anyways, so <laughs> uh, um, let me let me finish. I forgot. There's one little tale, good detail about this. Um, uh, you know, Danny really liked the uh, the Mortarheads commercial, which is awesome. Oh, great. I'm, well, I know Mark's going to be happy to hear that. And uh, he's also a podcast editor himself. He does a Japanese Nintendo uh, gaming podcast. So oh, I'm going to cool. have to look that up. That sounds great. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I've been – I found this old uh, – this cool video game store near me that has all the old Nintendo and Super Nintendo and Genesis and stuff. Nice. And they have this machine now, Steve, that costs 70 bucks where you can play Super Nintendo, Nintendo, and Genesis all in one console. I uh I may need to do that. <laughs> I mean, seventy bucks. Like seriously, Steve. If I didn't have a life, I would just go down there with a thousand bucks. I would just buy that thing. And I'd the entire buy... library of games. <laughs> oh, there's one game on Genesis, Rock and Roll Racer. Oh man, it was so good. Anyways, um, yeah, no, that's great. And um, and uh, wait, he even said he. You weren't going to read this, Steve. I particularly I, enjoyed the bit about the French philosopher's comment on collectors. Oh, yes, that's there too. I'm Thank sorry, you. I missed that. Uh, yeah, you uh, forgot that, Steve. You still want to encourage me? <laughs> oh, no, wow. it's all right. You, you need all the encouragement you you can have. It's I can when it comes to, to French philosophers. So, yeah, yeah. no, that's uh, that's 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 a really great great message. And I also I love we've been getting a fair amount of this of people who hear one episode and go back and listen to old episodes. And the reason why that makes me happy is that I don't you know we don't consider this to be this thing that has to be listened to at any time. It's just right. It's a right. magazine, and my favorite magazines are magazines like. Mojo or uh, well, you you know Mojo Steve. It's like a, a yeah. music magazine, like Mojo or like a really good film magazine. It's something where you can come so back can to s- it. Exactly, you can kind of peruse it at your will. Um, we're not no, it's, like it's we're good. not like People magazine, you know, where it's like <laughs> uh, you know you look at a People magazine from 1992 and you can't shut it quick enough. It's like, <laughs> is Jennifer Jason Lee pregnant? <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> 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 um, oh man! Wow, I sure hope she listens to the show. I, I hope so too. Yeah. I really do. Um, and uh, we he also, also got a, that he loved the enhanced podcast. Yes. Yeah, that was the next point. We got a lot of just general good feedback about the enhanced thing, and I, I think it's it's really it's worth it. Um, so um, uh, we also got a good message from Tim Hopkins. Uh, it's another loyal listener, and he does the uh, Kentucky Star Wars Escape podcast, which is another great podcast name. Um, and uh, he just wanted to, to let us know that he was trying to promote our show and, and also that they're doing a giveaway um, for submitting iTunes reviews, which uh, I think is a good idea. Um, oh, they're yeah. doing a, a giveaway of a Master Replica's mini Han Solo blaster. Um, so, I mean, yeah. yeah it's, that's a it's really good idea. Oh, get, man, I'd really uh, like him. Yeah, I think he's one of the – he's uh, – I think I even met him at an Ohio 
meeting because Ohio is kind of close or Cincinnati is close to Kentucky. And yeah, he wants us to like submit an ad to his podcast. Yes, right. But uh, whoever's in charge of that hasn't gotten around to it yet. Uh, that would be <laughs> me. But uh, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's awesome. So yeah, go, go support Tim Hopkins. Uh, because, yeah, that's the uh, Kentucky Star Wars Escape Podcast. Yeah, I love that idea, and I'm going to be escaping to Kentucky this – we're both going to Kentucky this summer, Steve. Yeah, wait, you are too? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to see Brock, interestingly okay. enough. Uh, my my wife loves the band My Morning Jacket, and uh, oh, okay. she's obsessed with the idea of Kentucky as being this amazing, magical place. Um, so she <laughs> really is. wants – no, I, I've, I've – hey, I've been there a few times. I've, you know, I've been to Lexington and all that. Um, so we're going to go and we're going to like go camping and kind of travel around and nice. I, I may try and hit up some of the, the Kentucky collectors and see if they have any good ideas for cheap hotels or, um, oh, stuff like deal. that. Um, uh, yeah. And then uh, see, I, I got some, uh, some feedback from us too. Uh, we yeah. have a couple calls to the Wampa line, which I'm are excited very exciting. Here. So, uh, the, once again, it is P O K U T Wampa. Pocket Wampa. Just think of it. You keep your phone in your pocket, right? Just like your Salacious Crumb Pocket Calendar. That's right. And so you just—it's your pocket Wampa. Um, uh, so first of all, it's kind of on a similar thing where we have a call from another podcast. Um, oh, okay. So there's a a podcast. Uh, it's called. Um, well, why don't we just listen to it? Hey, how are you guys doing? This is Dave from the Flag Points. G.I. Joe podcast. I just want to say I really am having a lot of fun. I just discovered you guys. I'm going back and listening to tens of episodes on double time on my iPod so I get through them quicker. No offense. Um, but I'm having a great time. So I just want to say keep it up. Loving it. I'm a bit of a Star Wars collector, mostly G.I. Joe. But uh, you guys are all that in a bag of potato chips. So keep it up. And uh, maybe we can talk sometime. So yeah, once again, another fellow collector, uh, kind of much like us, uh, you know, of, of collecting, and it's just a different toy line, but uh, different niche. Yeah, that's different great. niche. But did you do you do you, uh, do you have any feelings on GI Joe, Steve? You know, I was one of those weird kids that that never really got exposed to GI Joe or really cared about it. But uh, I, I find them fascinating now as an adult. Yeah, some, um, I mean, my parents were too anti-Reagan. To I see. I think that, I think my mom was the same way. She was the one that always bought my stuff. My my dad, if he if he would beat me like Civil War soldiers and stuff like that. But yeah. my mom, she's like, all right, you can stick to Ninja Turtles and and Star Wars. That's as violent as you're gonna get. She wasn't into GI Joe. Yeah. So, but my my neighbor down the street had all of them, so I would go okay. and play over there and play cliffhangers and. And, nice. Uh, well, if there are any GI Joe collectors out there, my my wife loves uh, the female ninja Jinx. And uh, uh, I don't know how much an MOC Jinx would would run for, but uh, I'm, I'm thinking about trying to like come up with a little mini focus for her. So there you go. Maybe we can talk. I'd love, I'd love to talk uh, uh, at some point with a, with a super GI Joe guy. I mean, I know Shane does, but yeah, he's, he's in another realm. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, no, I don't need like you know the original wax sculpting. But uh, <clears throat> and then the the next thing we're going to listen to is another great collector, and uh, let's have a listen. All right. Wampa Wampa Sky and Steve. It's uh, Micro Rob here. I just want to let you guys know to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the Micro Line, at Celebration 6, I'll be giving away a limited amount of micro pins. Um, you know, all you have to do is, you know, track me down, ask for one, and it's yours. 
Uh, I'll have 25 a day to give away for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. All right. Take care, guys, and see you in a few months. So, I mean, that almost should have gone into our Celebration 6 news. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so that's awesome. So Micro Rob, you know, the sort of the official uh, big dog in the, of micro collecting is giving away pins. And our listeners, I guess, are hearing it first. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, yeah, it's funny. I talked to Rob at the last – God, it was at the last celebration. Like eventually we need to do like a, a Kivecast only about micros. And because um, I, I know they were working on a book at the time. I'm not sure how – what the update is on that, but uh, I think it's definitely something that we could explore more as we, you know, move forward. Yeah, uh, I, I love the micro line. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I, I, and this is definitely a case of where the Google Translate thing, the it just did not help at all. Just didn't Cause, work because <laughs> I get all these messages as texts on my phone, and so Wampa Wampa Sky, this is Micro Rob, came walk along the sky and see. If Mike arrived here, <laughs> isn't that great? That is great. So my wife poetic, got my wife. Was, Google. Yeah, my wife. I was like, I can you just check and see who that is? And my wife saw it, and she's like, someone writing what's, you like love poetry. On? So I think as far as the last uh, uh, thing that was sent to the the kivecast at gmail dot com, it's the social media update. Right. And uh, this is uh, <laughs> this is pretty great. Uh, so uh, once again, this is Trevor. Thank you so much for. For being, uh, I guess if we're the Archive 2.0, he can be the Archive 3.0. Mm. Um, and he said that we are up to 54 Twitter followers. Cool. Which is up from 18. Hey, that's that's good growth. Yeah, it's exponential growth. <laughs> uh, the hot topic on Twitter. Oh my god, I died when I saw this. <laughs> uh, what is it, Steve? It's uh, there's this Bank of America mer- Bank of America mer- commercial that uh, has a. <laughs> Someone that's a grocery store clerk that that does have a, a slight resemblance to Sky, but uh, the the topic was is Sky the grocery store guy in the Make of America commercials, and uh, I just died when I saw. Well, that. you know, this is kind of a funny thing because th- there's two commercials. There's that one, and then there's this State Farm commercial. Oh, that's there's right. There's this doofus in a hat. And I hated being compared to that guy so much. The guy in the Bank of America <laughs> commercial, he's not hes not that hideous. I don't mind being no, compared to him. No. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's pretty funny. It's especially funny for me because of all my friends, the one who looks most like me, he doesn't look that much like me, but we have been confused as brothers before. He actually okay. is a commercial actor. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, so if you ever see, you know, uh, Jackie Chan jumping into a, a meeting and uh, pushing a uh, this uh, basically pouring V8 vitamin drink down someone's throat, that's my buddy. Uh, if you ever see that T-Mobile commercial where the guy's on the the, the ski lift and asks if he can date uh, his friend's ex girlfriend, oh, right. right. yeah, that's my buddy Ted. Really? Yeah, ah, yeah, that's, that's him. Hilarious. Uh, if you ever see that NZ's Ansari commercial where he's like goofing around in the kayak that's my buddy ted so he's like he's like a pretty big deal commercial actor so um if i were a if i were better friends with my friend ted i could probably get roles like that (laughs) but no it's not me um Uh. and then uh there's a question anyone know of the use of the vintage toy items in star wars marvel comics if so tweet them out he knows there's at least a couple of mini rigs somewhere out there 
So yeah, that's a good question. Is there a vehicle maintenance energizer or an MTV <laughs> 7 or whatever? Uh, is there a kid running around with a bandolier strap? <laughs> uh, he said that we've had 12 iTunes reviews since March 1st, but none since April 24th. So come on, guys. Get out there and gals. Uh, get out there and go to iTunes and rate and review us because really that's what's going to push us forward into the next phase of being a successful podcast. Yeah. And yeah. Maybe we'll have to do what the Kentucky folks are doing. Yeah. It's, yeah I was thinking about it. It's really not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a shout out too. Oh, yeah? To uh, Yoji Vauri for being our 50th Twitter follower. Ooh. So that's that's pretty fun. Um, you got to have your name mispronounced. If I knew what country this came from, I, I might have like a shot. I can't quite figure out. That that uh, is a tough one to try and pin down. Yeah, especially because it's right then followed up with a GI Joe collecting site saying we have to we should say thanks to Five Points because they've been hyping up our site to their people, which is awesome. Yeah, that's um, great. So I see GI Joe and I see Yo. And then the letter G A, I just immediately go, "Yo, Joe," you know. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so you can correct me on how to how to how to uh, pronounce that. But that's awesome, yeah. Fiftieth, and whoever's the hundredth, they'll get a shout out as well. All right, sounds good. Whew. Uh boy, you know, Steve, this episode—it's <laughs> going to be a marathon. It's going to be another marathon. I hope people are like me. I mean, I've been listening to nonstop podcasts, pulling trees out of uh, out of my backyard. So, um, yeah, so you got a comment on the, uh, on the actual blog, uh, from Alec. He, he thinks that they decided to go with the blue limbs on Walrus Man because the nine figures had to be different colors, not just mm. characters. Mm. So he said they probably figured out that the first 12 figures were extremely bland in color and they spiffed up the colors for the newest nine. Snaggletooth was red. Or blue. Luke X-Wing was orange. Greedo yeah. was green. So they figured they could go into the blue realm, the blue realm with the limbs of Walrus Man and make the figure stand out on its own rather than more orange. That's a really good point. That is a good point. I don't know if it's true, yeah. but it makes sense. Yeah. It's the kind of thing where if I said it, I would say it's true. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we can give Alex the benefit of the doubt. I just wish I thought of it first. <laughs> and he says, I hope it makes some sense. I worry about my writings. I've been up for almost 24 hours. Uh, yeah, get some sleep, dude. Um, <clears throat> no, presumably he's slept since he last wrote that, that message. I hope. I really hope so. I really hope so. Uh, and then, yeah, just uh, some, some, some good comments. Once again, our, our, the official Kivecast know-it-all. <laughs> Scott Bradley never fails to to tell us something we don't know. And once again, I have to question if he's making these things up. He says <laughs> that Smoosh Face does have a name. Oh, that's right. Uh, Rufu. That, Rufu is his name. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's, that's, that's great um, because also I think that if you were on a date with Smoosh Face, you would slip a Rufu when you drink. <laughs> 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 but uh, I like that he, he likes the uh, – he says that the enhanced version is turning it into one of the highly anticipated radio serials people used to gather around the Westinghouse oh to listen God. to back in the 30s and 40s. Oh, boy. Uh, it started to feel like Ralphie listening to Little Orphan Annie in A Christmas Story. <laughs> uh, yeah. and uh, I really like that idea. and So it seems – it's good. I, I I think I got enough positive feedback on the enhanced 
version to keep doing it. Okay. But definitely, if you like it, uh, let us know because it, it is it is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I try to alleviate some of that annoyance when I can. Oh, no, no. I'm not saying you. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, no. Just want to make sure that it's worth it. And again, don't kive and drive. Um, we may have to make a bumper sticker for that. I, I think so. Yeah, we keep your vintage pod intact. Don't kind of drive. <laughs> All right, Steve, that only leaves one thing. Oh, boy. My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> your favorite. Well, Steve, I have to say you're having quite the day today. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You've got uh, three homers, two steals, ten ribbies. Albert Pujols has one of those homers? Yeah, he certainly does, Steve. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, as of now, <laughs> in the standing, Steve, you are uh, you're hanging tight right there at uh, one second <laughs> towards I have to, the bottom. I have to scroll down. <laughs> yeah, I, have to see <laughs> I have to keep scrolling down. No, yeah. you're a fourteenth, thirteenth, twelfth. You're in tenth. So okay, All not right. too bad. I'm uh, I'm currently in, in second, but second. I've been I've been going up and down. I've been doing lots of crazy trades. Uh, <laughs> I had my first trade where they tried to veto it, but it was like a totally terrible trade for me. But everyone thought I was trying to take advantage of people. I don't do that, Steve. No, no. It was all all, all good. <laughs> it, was, it was all good except for the fact that I was an idiot. But, uh, yeah. So uh, that's that's that. And, Steve, I think that's a wrap. It's about 1230 out here. Yeah, uh, you're, you're on your uh, last last legs. I need to take some muscle relaxant and uh, hopefully wake up tomorrow uh, in one piece. <laughs> Sounds good. You know, Steve, I realize we don't do that thing where we say, like, I'm uh, for uh, Chris uh, Jorgulius and Stephen Danley. I'm Sky Payne. So, you know you know how most people do that at the end do of the Do a little sign-off, yeah, yeah. Should we start doing that? Uh, we, we can give it a shot. Yeah. I, I don't know. No. Nah. Uh, <laughs> wampa Wampa! Adios! This podcast is not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, Hasbro Toys, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at www.starwars.com. The official Hasbro site can be found at www.hasbro.com. Star Wars all names and sounds of Star Wars characters and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or the respective copyright and trademark holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Star Wars Collector's Archive, unless otherwise indicated.